Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the uh, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler Dean! What's going on, baby? How are we doing? Uh... Conference. Could be better. Yeah, could. Well, I, I mean, could, but um, I mean, I'm I'm not happy about the Patriots being in the Super Bowl. But neither. Nobody's happy. Nobody likes the Patriots. Everybody hates the Patriots. I'm I'm tired of the Patriots. I'm tired of Tom Brady. Just retire. Yeah, I'm tired of it. The sweetheart of the NFL gets another one handed to him. Gets it placed right in his lap with a bow on it, and uh, you know the the league kind of hands it to him. I mean, what what else can we do? Well, I mean, I guess I guess this, you know, there's the other game too that yeah. Well, <laughs> the other and then and we'll get to that. Same thing, same thing, and we're gonna we're gonna wind up talking about those games. Um, exciting games, though. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, we're gonna be talking a little bit about these this uh, referee stuff. We're gonna be talking about, um, you know, we the refs have been so bad throughout the playoffs. We've been we've been yammering on for weeks about how bad the refing has been in the playoffs. Um. From wild card weekend to the divisional round, now I mean it's just egregious in the the conference round, and uh, you know <clears throat> from bad ball placement and bad ball spots to bad penalties to missed penalties to I mean everything under the sun, uh, the refereeing has been just absolutely miserable, miserable. This it's year. been awful in the playoffs, particularly. I mean, like. You know, you see some bad calls throughout the season. That that's going to happen. It's an imperfect game, and 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 refereeing is an imperfect thing. But at the end of the day, um, when we get down to the nitty gritty and we get into playoff time, you know that's the time to crack down. That's that's the time for these referees to really step up their game and show what they're capable of here. And we have not seen that out of any of these referees. It's been terrible. Um, I mean. We've we've had uh, doctors inviting referees to get eye exams after these games. Uh, that is a literal thing. Um, we have had lawsuits after these games. We we've had uh, lawsuits from several people in the New Orleans area. Um, just well, luckily for that, you can't sue just because your things are hurt. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you can't sue. Well, and and they're, they're I mean they're citing all kinds of things. You know. Uh, uh, emotional abuse and whatever else. I mean, they're, they're, it's just absolute ridiculousness. And, and no, they, gonna, didn't, they didn't feel very emotionally abused when there was the two missed face masks, the uh, guys on the guy's face, and yeah. uh, a couple of delayed games. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's there. But that just goes to show the, the refing's been very, very bad. Yeah. There, were, there were a shit ton of missed calls. But most particularly, they, they, were, they were mostly missed Against the Saints, right, and and they did. But the they, biggest call, obviously, was the uh, miss pass interference against yeah. the Rams. See, and they didn't feel so bad back in '09. You know, when <laughs> when all those calls for for beating the hell out of Brett Favre and Kurt Warner, yeah, then it know, was just well, it was, it was just, just a missed call. Sometimes yeah. it happens. Yeah, it was just a missed call. You know, we're 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 only cranking on the guy's ankle, but you know, I mean, it was just insanity. But I digress. Um, you know, uh, we we've got some uh, we got I mean just two scores to go over, and we're going to go over these games in full. 
Um, we're gonna go over the the details. Do I get credit for for the second perfect week, or is, or is this a, a <laughs> asterisk? I, I I think I, it's an asterisk on this one. Um, you know, I I appreciate the fact though that that you stuck with your your bull prediction from early on. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I had to, I had to drop a couple thousand on a referee. Yeah, yeah, is that what it was? <laughs> Uh, so, um, Tyler, let's, let's jump right into this and, and get right into our conference championship finals, uh, NFC championship game. First and foremost, Rams in the Saints. The Rams beat the Saints 26 to 23. The Rams return to the Super Bowl for the first time since 2001, which, uh, back, back when Kurt Warner was around and they paid. Then they faced Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Um, so uh, on the Rams side, Jared Goff, 25 for 40, 297, one touchdown and a pick. Johnny Hecker had a pass in that game, the punter, on a fourth down. And it kind of gave at the, the At the time, I believe it was the second quarter, yep. this was the Rams' um, best offensive play of the half. Yeah, it was 12 yards, and it really sparked this team. Uh, C.J. Anderson, 16 carries for 44 yards. Josh Reynolds. Had a carry for 16 yards. Todd Gurley, just four carries for 10 yards. He did get in the end zone, though. And Jared Goff had three carries for 10 the yards. The running game well. was, was abysmal all yeah. across the board. Not a single back had, had a three, three or more yeah. on average. And uh, Brandon Cook, seven receptions, 107 yards. Uh, Josh Reynolds had four receptions for 74 yards. Gerald Everett had two for 50 yards. Robert Woods, six for 33 yards. Tyler Higby, four for 25 and a touchdown. As uh, and then over on the Saints side, uh, Drew Brees 26 for 40, 249, two touchdowns, and one, the lone interception in overtime. Taysom Hill did throw one pass but did not complete it. Mark Ingram nine carries for 31 yards. Alvin Kamara had eight for 15. Zach Lyon also had a carry for four yards. Taysom Hill tried to run the ball one time, didn't work out so well. So did Drew Brees at two times, and though that didn't work out well for him as well. Uh, Receiving-wise, Alvin Kamara, 11 receptions for 96 yards. Ted Ginn, 3 receptions for 58 yards. Michael Thomas, 4 for 36 yards. Josh Hill, 1 for 24 yards. And Garrett Griffin, 2 for 12 yards and a touchdown. And Traquan Smith, he did have one catch for 10 yards on the day. Now, this game, uh, it was fun. It was fun to watch. I mean, we, you know, the Saints took over early. And and uh, it was it was beginning to look like a route. They were up thirteen nothing. We were, the Rams were able to um, hone things in before halftime. Yep, and they, they really after halftime the fun began. Yeah, the so the Rams they they start firing back, and, and by halftime we were at a 13-10 game. Um, and and the Rams, you know, you gotta love the fact that they kept their composure and they kept rolling and and kept doing what they had to do. Um, we got to see some great games. Uh, or some some great plays out of some really great players, um, you know the Saints and, and the Saints did what the Saints do. Drew Brees was, was looking solid. The Saints defense didn't look too bad. Um, they, they weren't looking horrible. Um, so I mean, it, it, it was a back and forth game. It, it was a good story. Um, near the end there though, uh, Drew Brees fires the ball out to the outside. Um, Nickel Roby Coleman comes up, just I mean, creams, creams the receiver. Um, no pass interference call. It was an egregious pass interference. I mean, no doubt. Nickel there Rob- was no question if it could have been or should have been. No, it, it, it was. It, it was. And Nickel Roby Coleman came out flat out. He said, I was beat. He, he said he was beat flat out. So, I mean, he knew 
like he was probably doing to get the interference call. The fact that that flag wasn't thrown, somebody should be fired. I mean, that's, that's a fact. Um, somebody should be fired on that one. Uh, even even the, the NFL officiating crew, or the, the head of officiating, called Sean Payton after this game and said, we missed the call, we screwed up. Um, but that, on that note, I mean, can you go as far as saying, oh, we need, we need to reverse the decision of the game? I, I mean, no. 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 Um, it wasn't – now, because a couple of reasons. First, first and foremost, there's no guarantee that he, that he, they would have even scored a touchdown. Um, right. Had the, had the play been thrown. Yeah, sure, they were close, but you, you don't know. Yeah, there's there's no guarantee there. And I think a big thing about that is, is like, okay, you go into, you went into overtime. You know, they won the they won the toss. They had the chance. And and they got picked off by John Johnson. And, and, and you know, the, the Rams came down. And it wasn't easy for the Rams either. The Rams went and drove as far as they could. And, and Greg the Leg Zerline comes out and kicks that. Hardly that, made over halfway down the field. Yeah, 57 yard field goal. I mean, we're not talking like, hey, this is a little chip shot 25 yarder. We're not talking like, hey, you know, I mean, this was a, a 57 yard blast. It was a bomb. And so I can't even, you know, sit there and say, hey, you know, the, the Saints, you know, got robbed. Well, the Saints kind of robbed themselves almost in the, at the end of this thing. And, and what happens, okay, say all the missed calls get called. What the Saints have there is they score a touchdown. Yep. Um, put them at um, 30 points. Mm-hmm. What does what do the Rams do with three 15-yard penalties that they got missed earlier in the game? Oh, yeah. That fixes their momentum and possibly gets them their touchdown. Yep. Bam. They still lose 33-23. Yeah, there, there was a ton of missed calls in this game. And the referees, they, they know better. And and you know what? I'm going to come out and say flat out, the New Orleans Saints fans, shame on them. Shame on them for being such whiny little crybabies about the whole thing. They, and that's what they've been. They've been whiny crybabies. You know, oh, I want their, you know, it's like, I, I want this game to be replayed, and I want this to be replayed from the spot of that foul, and... Oh, look at this emotional duress I'm going through. Stop. Just stop. You know, it's, it's done. What I do find funny is there's a local bar. Yeah, the, 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 the Super Bowl. They're, they're going to they're gonna replay Super Bowl 2009. Yep, they're going to replay that one. I, that's kind of funny. It, it's funny. I mean, like, like just the sore losers that the Saints have become and the Saints fans have become. Like, like I, it's so obnoxious that the Saints are, like, like they're already my second most hated team behind the Detroit football lie downs, they're becoming my number one most hated team because they're such whiny crybabies and I'm so sick of hearing about it. I understand a call got missed, but your boy Drew Brees, your $25 million quarterback, didn't drive down the field. Your $25 million quarterback went through an interception in overtime. Your $25 million quarterback handed that ball right back to the Rams, a high-powered offense, and your $25 million quarterback got to stand on the sidelines and watch Greg the Legs Zerline kick that 57-yard field goal. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So this is on Drew Brees just as much as, as the referees, and, and this is on that offense just as much as anybody. So I'm, I'm tired of hearing about the Saints and their whininess and their obnoxiousness. It's irritating. So to hell with the Saints and their bald-headed sissy fans. I'm done with them. I hope that the Rams, uh, I, I, I'm glad that the Rams went to the bowl on this one. Now, I mean, in, in the long run, I mean, the, the refing thing is unfortunate, but I'm glad it's the Rams there. I, I want to see some fresh play. Yep. Um, on the other side, Tyler, we got the Patriots and the Chiefs. Patriots beat the Chiefs 37-31. Patriots, uh, they make it to their 
an NFL record 11th Super Bowl appearance. Tom Brady now has nine Super Bowl appearances, which is more than any he himself has more than any NFL franchise in the in, in the league. Um, just an obnoxious game. Tom Brady 34. They they beat Tom Brady and the Patriots 37-31 over the Chiefs. Tom Brady 30 for 46, 348, a touchdown, two picks. Sony Michelle, 29 carries, 113 yards, two touchdowns. Great game for him. Rex Burkhead also had 12 for 41 and two touchdowns of his own. Um, Julian Edelman, once again, stepping up, seven receptions, 96 yards. Rob Gronkowski, he had six for uh, 79. James White had four for 49. Hogan had five for 45. Um, over on the Chiefs side, Patrick Mahomes uh, didn't play very well. Very human game for him, 16 for 31, 295. He did have three touchdowns on the day. Uh, Damian Williams, 10 for 30 and a touchdown. Sammy Watkins, 4 for 114. Damian White, 5 for 66 and two touchdowns. I'm sorry, Damian Williams, rather. Uh, Tyreek Hill, 1 for 42. They really kept him at bay. Demarcus Robinson had 1 for 27. And Travis Kelsey, another guy kept at bay other than the one touchdown. He had only had three receptions for 23 yards of TD. So, I mean... The, the Chiefs were, were kept at bay, and I think a big reason they were kept at bay was the time of possession in this game, if you looked at it. Oh, um, bad. Yeah, the, the Patriots owned the ball for about a good 40 minutes of this game. Uh, Chiefs had almost no shot at, at uh, offense. They were, they were determined to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Uh, that fourth quarter, though, they, they really came out firing. They, they tied the game up at 31. It was an exciting second half. Um, out of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and, and they actually they, they gained the lead at one point, and uh, it was starting to look like the tides were turning, the universe was going to right itself, and then um, the the it was snatched out of their hands by uh, more zebras. That's that's what I'm going to throw out there. Uh, we had a pretty egregious um, bad call by the referees. The roughing the passer. Yeah, the roughing the passer. Um, just it, and it, it wasn't a roughing at all. You could tell it wasn't a yeah. But again, there were calls that, that got missed on the other end, too. Yep. Um, um, there, every, all four teams have, have a reason to be upset with the referees. Yeah. Yeah, all four teams, I think they as, do. As much as I hate to um, side with the Patriots on this one, they, they, there, were, there were missed calls that they should have gotten in their favor as well that, that didn't go. Yeah, the Chiefs, when the, the Chiefs were, especially when they were playing um, on the outside, uh, when, they, when they were playing, the, the, you know, the corners were playing the receivers outside. The Chiefs' corners were, were being very handsy, very aggressive. Yeah, there, there, there were a couple pass interference calls that yeah. should have gone. Yeah, and and uh, it was it was surprising, and you could see you could tell the refs were kind of letting them play at that point. Um, but it not, th- letting th- them play, but but um, there there were a couple that were it was one sided. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. And but at the end of the day. Um, what it came down to it was, was an offsides call. Yeah, it was an offside. Number one was the offsides call by D Ford, and he was offside. Oh, he was way offside. This game was lost by him, in yeah. my opinion, because that was an interception. Yep. Game over. They were losing at this point. Yep, that was the game. That was the game right there. I mean, they, they had the Patriots and locked he, up. He was right standing there. obnoxiously offside. Yep. What are you doing? But the the other thing that got me was um, at the end of the day, what it comes down to that that. Um, that roughing the passer call, that 15-yard penalty, new set of downs. It was on a second and seven. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what what is it that we usually see that that uh, gives the Patriots the edge? A defensive player breathed on Tom Brady. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> the, the defensive player whispered his name too loud, and all of a sudden, penalty, penalty, penalty. We we see it all the time. This is true, typical New England Patriots BS that we've we've seen over the years. Uh, typical Tom Brady BS that we've seen over the years. 
Um, and and it's no surprise that, that the Patriots wound up getting a critical call. I mean, we're, we're talking a, a very critical game call in their favor. This happens all the time. And when they stick Tom Brady in the record books, man, and, and they're going to. Man, I, it would be my pleasure if they went and put a little asterisk next to him that just says deflate gate, spy gate, tuck rule. Uh, I mean, everything under the sun. And, and this is the, the kicker about the whole thing. This isn't the first time that we've seen a call, a bad call, go in Tom Brady's favor in a critical fashion. Last year we got to see it in the AFC Championship game with Dante Fowler picking up the fumble and he starts bringing it back. That would have sealed it for the Jags. And the Jags would have been in the Super Bowl last year. Instead... What we got to see was Dante Fowler pick up that fumble, take it all the way back to the end zone, and inexplicably the referees just kind of said, well, that play's dead. And we got to see that last year. It was a critical play, a critical moment that, that uh, uh, the, the Jags should have been given their touchdown, and, and it was removed from them for no reason at all. It was just bad. It was just bad, and, it's, and this is typical Tom Brady, New England Patriots, Robert Kraft BS that we see every year. Mm-hmm. And and I'm and that's why people are so angry about it. And that's the thing. Like like I keep seeing all this stuff on social media, and oh, everybody hates a winner. Well, not everybody hates a winner. I like a winner. I like a winner that does it right, though. I like a winner that's that's not. I mean, Tom Brady has been involved in more scandals in his 18-year career than just about any player I've ever seen in my entire life. And they're on-field scandals. Am I wrong? You're right. He's been involved in, he's had one of the most scandalous careers I've ever seen in my life. And, and I'm like, and, and everybody, the, the Patriots fans like to chalk it up and, well, everybody hates a winner. No, not everybody hates a winner. We like winners. We like Michael Jordan. Because Michael Jordan went out and played the game and did it well and played it right and wasn't a cheater. We, we like Joe Montana. So Joe Montana went out and played the game and did well and he wasn't a cheater. You know, Tom Brady, we don't like Tom Brady because Tom Brady, I mean, between all that stuff and the evidence tampering and everything that Tom Brady did throughout his career, he's a shady SOB. He might be more shady than Tom Brady. I think he is. She's <laughs> <laughs> so Pete's. Except Tom Brady likes to be naked on a massage table kissing his son, but I guess that's another story. On the lips. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, with that, that's our scores. Um, Right here in the uh, the for the conference championship weekend Super Bowl, it's Rams and uh, Pats a rematch. Definitely something that we'll get more into next week is like the the stories that really come out. Yeah, because this week is kind of quiet because everyone's focused on a game that doesn't matter. Yeah, the Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl. You know, and and see the Pro Bowl for for um, a long time. The Pro Bowl, to me, was was just like, it was super fun. But the, the problem I have with the Pro Bowl is that it's not worth anything. They haven't made it worth anything. You know, and like, it never will be. The, like the major, the MLB All-Star Game. You know, in baseball, they, they always say, oh, well, it's going to, that determines what stadium or what, what league the World Series is going to be, is going to get the, the home field advantage. You know, the, the National League or the American League. And, and that gives the, the team reason to win. You know, it gives them something to focus on. But um, if they and if they did something like that with the the Pro Bowl, I think that would make for a very entertaining thing, and I think the players would care a little bit more. But at the the um, end of the day, nobody really cares. You know, am I am I wrong? I mean, there's there's just nothing to worry about there. I mean, even in Drew Brees, 
Drew Brees and, and Michael Thomas, I, I think it kind of shows how much of um, crybabies they are because they, they pulled out of the Pro Bowl and they're still upset, you know. Um, and I don't I don't blame them for being upset necessarily, but, you know, Drew Brees said, oh, I usually like going to the Pro Bowl because, you know, I like taking my kids on vacation and stuff like that. And then at the end of the day, it was like, nah, nah, I'm not doing it. He's mad. So, uh, but the, the AFC Pro Bowl roster has been released. Um, and uh, on offense, in the AFC, on the AFC side, we'll start with, with that. Um, and and this pro, the Pro Bowl is going to be at 3 p.m. on Sunday here. Um, wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyree Kill, Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, he's the, he's the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, sub for Brown. Um, Jarvis Landry and uh, that's that's our receivers. He, he, he's, he's a sub for Hopkins. Hopkins. Why do they, why do they still got them listed? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's that that they want them to to like. Oh well, these guys were the ones that were in, but you know, it's kind of stupid. Yeah, it's kind of pointless. Um, tackle wise, Taylor Luan from the Tennessee Titans, Alejandro Villanueva from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Eric Fisher of the Kansas City Chiefs. Guard wise, you got David DeCastro. Uh, Marshall Yanda, Quentin Nelson, who had a great year. Joel Batonio, uh, he's actually subbing in for David DeCastro. Um, Batonio's great. He's a great player, so that was a good choice. Uh, Center-wise, Marquise Pouncey and um, Mike Pouncey. So the Pouncey brothers will, will be there. Tight end-wise, you got Travis Kelsey. you got Eric Ebron, who had a hell of a year. Jared Cook is the sub for Travis Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey was hurt in that uh in that uh, conference championship game, quarterback wise, you got Patrick Mahomes, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, uh, Andrew Luck, who is subbing for Rivers, who's hurt. Deshaun Watson uh, is subbing for Brady because Brady will be in the Super Bowl game. Uh, running back wise, you got James Conner, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Melvin Gordon of the LA Chargers, Philip Lindsay of the Denver Broncos, who had a great rookie year. Um, Lamar Miller of the Houston Texans will be subbing for Lindsey because Lindsey was actually hurt. So he, he got hurt near the end of the season there. Uh, fullback wise, you got Anthony Sherman from the Kansas City Chiefs. Now on defense, J.J. Watt, um, he's in there, but Clayus Campbell is actually going to be taking his spot. Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. Melvin Ingram of the L.A. Chargers will be at defensive end. Interior lineman, you got Geno Atkins of the Cincinnati Bengals. Jarrell Casey of the Tennessee Titans, Cameron Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kyle Williams from the Buffalo Bills will actually be subbing in for Jarrell Casey, which is kind of cool because Kyle Williams is set to retire. Um, Brandon Williams of the Baltimore Ravens, he'll be subbing in for Geno Atkins because Geno Atkins is injured as well. Um, outside linebacker Von Miller of the Denver Broncos, Davion Clowney of the Houston Texans, D. Ford of the Kansas City Chiefs, and T.J. Watt, who actually was not too bad, Good year. Uh, yep, uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers will be subbing in for Jadavion Clowney. He's currently hurt. Inside linebacker C.J. Mosley will be in for the Baltimore Ravens, and Bernardrick McKinney will be in for the Houston Texans. Corners on the, the team on the AFC side, Xavier uh, Howard of the Miami Dolphins, Jalen Ramsey of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Stephon Gilmore of the Patriots, Denzel Ward, the rookie, gets his uh, first Pro Bowl call up. He had a hell of a year. And uh, Chris Harris Jr. of the Denver Broncos will be uh, subbing in for. Um, it, it says sub for Harris, but I, I'm it's assuming it's I'm assuming it's for for Xavier Howard. Um, no, it'd probably be for Gilmore from New England. I don't know. It says sub for Harris, so I don't know. That's kind of. But a there's no way Gilmore is playing. 
because oh, yeah, he's yeah. in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. Uh, free safety, Derwin James. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm hitting buttons. And Eric Weddle. And Eric Weddle, your boy. As Scott tries to get back to the page. Uh, you need to calm down. Oh, I'm calm. You need to calm down. You give me a hard time. Eric Weddle, your boy from the Baltimore Ravens. Der- Derwin James also had a good rookie year as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, strong safety, Jamal Adams from the New York Jets. He'll be uh, picked up there on special teams. you got Jason Myers of the New York Jets. The long snapper will be Casey Creeder of the Denver Broncos. The punter is Brett Kern from the Tennessee Titans. The return specialist will be Andre Roberts returning kicks for uh, punts. It'll be Adrian Phillips of the L.A. Chargers. Both of them had great years. Um, now, I like the roster for, for the Aves, don't you? No, I mean, it, both rosters are, are going to be stacked and going to be are going to look great. It, it's... Give me a reason to want to care. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Give the you. players a reason to want to care. I, I mean, and that's yeah. I, well, I just I got to go through the players. I got to give them kudos for for their great job. Um, they yeah. got voted at the very least. Oh, they still. I mean, a lot of these guys, I think we can agree, were pretty solid. Um, oh yeah. For the NFC side, wide receiver Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons, Michael Thomas of the Saints. Um, he's pulled out. Um, Adam Thielen of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, he had a, a great first half of the year anyway. Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers, he had a tremendous year. Mike Evans of the Tampa Bay Bucks, he'll be subbing in for Julio, though. So I, Julio, I think, pulled out. I didn't think he wanted to be there. Um, tackle-wise, Tyron Smith of the Cowboys, Teron Armstead of the Saints, Trent Williams of the Redskins, Lane Johnson will be subbing in, however, for Tyron Smith, who's hurt Lane Johnson um, is uh, fantastic. Guard-wise, you got Zach Martin of the Dallas Cowboys, Brandon Brooks of the Philadelphia Eagles, Tri Turner of the Carolina Panthers, Andrews Pete, which was kind of weird, of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Andrews Pete has been a penalty machine. He'll be summing in for, subbing in for Brandon Brooks, Brooks, who's hurt, Larry Warford of the New Orleans Saints. He'll be summing in for Zach Martin, who is also hurt. Uh, center. Alex Mack of the Atlanta Falcons, Max Unger, the great Max Unger from the New Orleans Saints. Um, the fact that Unger is is uh, still playing at such a high level is actually kind of cool. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been around for a long, long time. Uh, tight ends, Zach Ertz of the Eagles, go figure. George Kittle. Man, I love George Kittle. He's great. Our, our wrestling fan buddy. George Kittle of San Francisco 49ers. Austin Hooper of the Atlanta Falcons will be subbing in for Ertz. Ertz said he's just playing out not going. Um, Quarterback-wise, Drew Brees got selected. He's not going. Jared Goff of the L.A. Rams. Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. Mitch Trubisky of uh, the Chicago Bears will be subbing in for Goff, who's in the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson the Seattle Seahawks will be subbing in for Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Um, running back-wise, Todd Gurley of the L.A. Rams. He obviously will not be playing in that game. Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. Zeke from the Dallas Cowboys. Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints will actually be subbing in for Todd Gurley. It's kind of interesting that it's Alvin Kamara and not Ingram, isn't that? Um, I, it's not a surprise. I, I I understand it. I I do understand. It. I think Alvin Kamara is an explosive back. I think he's gonna after this year. You see Ingram hit free agency. I think Kamara is gonna be exciting. Um, but I think it's kind of interesting that it's Kamara over Ingram. I think they picked well. Kamara must have been higher in votes. Yeah, probably either that or I think Kamara is the is the is the better one for one trade out for Gurley. Yeah, very similar backs. Yeah, yeah, uh, more uh, and Todd. Gurley. You got two bruiser. You got a bruiser in uh, Elliott there already. Yep. Um, and change of pace back on Kamara there. I mean, and that's what Todd Gurley kind of is. He's kind of a, a change of pace back at this point. He can kind of play both roles, but I, I think Gurley a lot uh, is is obviously preparing for the Super Bowl. 
I think Gurley's also recovering from an injury, and that that is gonna he's gonna need these two weeks here. So yeah, and then uh, fullback wise, your 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 former boy Kyle Juszczyk, uh former Baltimore Raven, he's been good. Uh, now playing for the San Francisco 49ers, and, and he's he's been a common trend there. He's been there a couple of times before. Uh, defensive end wise, Cameron Jordan of the Saints, he's been great. Demarcus Lawrence of the Dallas Cowboys, who's currently looking for a contract from the Cowboys. Daniel Hunter of the Minnesota Vikings. Daniel Hunter had himself a hell of a year. Uh, interior lineman Aaron Donald from the LA Rams. He obviously will not be playing in that game. Fletcher Cox of the Eagles. He had a great year. Akeem Hicks of the Chicago Bears and Quan Short will be uh, from the Carolina Panthers will be subbing in for Aaron Donald. That's a pretty good choice. Uh, outside linebacker Khalil Mack, the man. Uh, he'll be he'll be in there. Um, well, he won't. He'll he'll he got selected, but he won't be in there. Uh, Olivier Vernon will be taking his place. Um, as Khalil Mack doesn't feel like going. Ryan Kerrigan of the Washington Redskins. Anthony Barr of the Minnesota Vikings, which is weird because he had a horrible year, will also be there. Uh, inside linebacker Luke Keekley, uh, as per the norm, the Carolina Panthers um, got voted in, but Leighton Van Der Esch will be taking his place. Keekley is hurt. Bobby Wagner of the Seattle Seahawks. And as I stated, the, the Leighton Van Der Esch of the Dallas Cowboys will be in the inside linebackers. Cornerback-wise, you got Kyle Fuller of the Chicago Bears, Patrick Peterson of the Arizona Cardinals, Darius Slay of the Detroit Lions, and Byron Jones of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, all very, very good corners. Free safety-wise, Eddie Jackson of the Chicago Bears and the greatest safety in the, in the league currently, Harrison Smith of the Minnesota Vikings, um, sitting there. Uh, Strong safety-wise, Landon Collins of the New York Giants. Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles will actually be subbing in for Collins. Um, Kicker-wise, Eldrick Rosas of the New York Giants, which was kind of weird. They haven't named their long snapper yet either. Uh, Michael Dixon of the Seattle Seahawks. Return specialist will be Tariq Cohen. I just want to point out that um, the kickers that got voted in, mm-hmm. none of which are named Lutz, Zerline, Tucker, and Gaskowski. What, what, what are people thinking when it comes to kicking here? I, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've, you know, I, I was looking at some of the kickers that that were voted in, um, or were getting voted in, and it was just like, huh. It, it Boswell's just, up there in yeah, votes. Boswell, like, yeah, like six, not even seventy percent accuracy, right? No, year. yeah, he was terrible. He was terrible this year. Um, it, it, the, the kickers that that get selected in this thing, it, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm amazed how a guy like Adam Vinatieri isn't in here every year. Oh, Vinatieri too. My bad. Yeah. I'm surprised that he's not in this every year because Adam Vinatieri has continued to play at a high level and been able to like slam 50 yarders down the down the stretch and was still with accuracy. Adam Vinatieri is like a dying breed in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I'm surprised that that he is not there. Um, return specialist Tariq Cohen for the Chicago Bears. Special team uh, Cordy Littleton from the LA Rams. Michael Thomas of the New York Giants will be subbing in for Littleton, who is hurt. Um, so there is your uh, your rosters there, and um, I agree with you, Tyler. Give me reason to give a crap. Give me reason to care. And if they're not going to put a reason on it, give me these um, senior college players versus north of 33 players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, you know what I actually thought was fun to watch at around these times? They, they used to do um, – they used to go down to Florida – and I remember sitting around watching the the quarterback challenge. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And and we got to watch it, and, and it was kind of weird. It was funny that Vinny Testaverde won the whole thing one year. He was awful, but um, he had an awful career. But it, realistically, you know, they they used to do cool challenges like that. I used to watch those. They were fun. They were they were a fun thing to watch. It was a real treat. And um, really, you, you just 
you know, the, the Pro Bowl doesn't mean anything. People stop caring because it doesn't mean anything. Um, I remember back when I was younger, people used to be like, yeah, the Pro Bowl, let's watch the Pro Bowl. And it used to be fun, and people used to like to watch it. And it used to be worth something just to, to see your favorite players and see, you know, this exciting play. And the, when the players stopped caring, I think, that's around the point that the fans stopped caring. And they're not giving it their all. Yeah, they're not. I mean, one year we saw, I mean, Kyle Rudolph, you know, he, he, kudos to him for having a hell of a game. He was the Pro Bowl MVP. He had like four touchdowns. I mean, like it was insanity. And he, he had like 200 plus yards. All they were doing was just, hey, let's just throw the ball to Kyle Rudolph and let him do his thing. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody gives a crap. I think it, it could be cool to see, um, let's see, if you, if you, um, get, get your um, senior, your senior uh, college guys. Do a game against the uh, against the, the, like, give them something they could win like so, like your north of 33, 34 guys are starting to right digress so like, like you get like uh, it'd be like AP and Gore would be your your, your backs and what if you had like a, a, a college Pro Bowl versus a Pro Bowl team versus the NFL Pro Bowl team um I I don't want to do that because the NFL Pro Bowl team obviously is going to just wipe the floor with them well you don't know that you don't know yes that. you do no, I don't know that. Okay, so you get the best of both sides. You get you get Brown, Julio, and Michael Thomas against <laughs> against I, AJ Brown. See, I don't I don't know that because because the the uh, the players that that um, were on the NFL team on the NFL squad a lot of times the, they don't play as well um, in the NFC and the, like. As a, it's kind of like super team. You remember when the when the Eagles did super team? Well, I I, I get it, but it's like go back to the argument: could could the could Alabama ever beat the Browns? Well, not Browns now, but two years ago. Yeah. No, no, never. No, I don't think so. And it's the same argument. Uh, I, yeah, I could see it. I, I just you know different teams perform different ways. They don't have all that. But then, time but then now you're getting the best of the NFL, not just one team. It, it'd be a bloodbath. Hey, it's it's quite possible. So I mean, I. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting situation. The Pro Bowl. Um, I'm I'm not looking forward to it. No. You do free agency versus co- college players. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that that might be worth something. They they got to find something, some way to make it worth something. That's the thing. They got to find some way to make it worth something. And I understand not doing the Super Bowl thing because you think about it so far, so many years out. But start start it now. The winning team, the winning side. Um, the next Super Bowl they haven't done yet, that um one of those sixteen teams have to be considered not the other side. Right. Right. I mean, even if this is just that that minor. Yeah. Make it something. It's gotta be worth something. And and that's that's kind of what they gotta do with the Pro Bowl here. But uh with that, Tyler, we're gonna take ourselves a quick break. Um when we get back, we're gonna talk a little bit about draft, we're gonna talk around the league. Um, we're gonna get into uh um Daniel Jeremiah went and released his first NFL mock draft of the year, which is always entertaining. So we're gonna break that down a little bit. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Outside Blitz. Uh, I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Breakdown, along with the, the tenacious Tyler Dean. Tyler, you're taking too long, so I took your, your opener. That's okay. Get your face out of your get- phone, homie. <laughs> Golly. I'll get it the next one. I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I said, all right, no, no, I'm just going to come right in. So, um... Tyler, uh, we we didn't really have much going on around the league. We we had some uh, more so stuff about the uh, the conference championship game. We talked about the Pro Bowl a little bit. Um, so uh, we're we're gonna go uh, talking about the league here around around what's going on. We we had a few coaching carousel moves. Nothing uh, as big as last week. Uh, we had we had all the head coaching signings for the most part happen. Um, so first and foremost, let's let's get into coaching carousel a little bit because we're in the we're in the zone there. Um, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, man. Just before we went on the air. Yeah, yeah. He got he got to get gets I mean, the extension four we, years. We knew it was coming. We just were waiting for details. Four yeah. years. It keeps him on through 2022. We don't know dollars, but I you can only assume he'll be right in that upper echelon where he belongs. Yep. Um he's, a, he's one of the best coaches in the league, hands down. Yes, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna go as far as saying um it wasn't as much of a good signing as it was a, a avoided mistake. Yeah, they were on yeah. par to walk away from him. Yep, they were gonna okay. they were gonna go ahead, and he was on the hot seat going as soon as Joe started uh, um, not putting up W's, and that was the thing. Joe was having a good year, but they weren't getting W's. Lamar comes yeah. in. Joe's having a good year, but then they had, he had that that stretch of games when the offensive line was hurt. Yep, and then but also look who the Ravens face. Plays the Steelers. Yeah, exactly. Plays the Saints back to back weeks. Who they almost probably could have beaten. Yeah, very good so team. You can't how much can, how much blame do you put? I mean that, that that that's the game that we don't get paid the money to do. Exactly. That's but, that's the thing about it. But I think what, what I think what it came down to at the end of the year, they're looking at okay, look at all the coaches that are probably getting fired. Yeah. Look who's looking at possibly being a head coach. Yes. Do you want Joe Schmo or do we keep John Harbaugh? Exactly. Like you know what, John Harbaugh is a great coach, and they then they like you know what that's that's the way we got to go. A lot of the coaches that were coming out of college, a lot of the coaches that were were um, uh, not not just coming out of the college ranks, but were were floating around, were just kind of iffy. If you, you, had, and you didn't you want had to bring college coach. coordinators going to NFL head coaches, that's a that's a big that, that's jump. a huge jump, huge jump. I didn't think a lot of these college coordinators. To be honest with you, I, I looked at some of these college coordinators and they didn't look that good. Um, a lot of their numbers didn't look that good. I don't like what the Cardinals did. Um, and speaking of the Cardinals and the coaching carousel, the Cardinals are uh, currently looking at Hugh Jackson for their offensive coordinator position. No, okay. Uh, we laugh, but he is a good OC. I don't know. I, that's the thing. I, you know, Hugh Jackson. He's so hit or miss. Um, you, you can never figure out what you're going to get out of Hugh Jackson. I mean, he, the guy comes in, you know, and and everybody thinks he's going to be great, and he turns into a turd. And then one year he go, he has one good year, and everybody's like, "Ooh, look at Hugh Jackson!" I don't, I don't buy Hugh Jackson. I was I was screaming when when the Vikings were talking about bringing him in. I was no God no please and. Um, Thankfully, they moved on and they they picked a much better choice in the Gary Kubiak package, but uh, still, man, just insanity uh, over there. Hugh Jackson possibly going to be the offensive coordinator to an ailing uh, Arizona Cardinals team, uh, especially offensively. Um, Speaking of the Cardinals, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, he will return for his 16th season in Arizona. Um, It's good to see Larry back, even though he's kind of uh, regressed. I guess. I mean, we we didn't. I mean, he's got a bad quarterback, so I mean, I can kind of give him a pass. But uh, Larry Fitzgerald, he has a track record for still putting up good numbers even with bad quarterbacks. Am I wrong? No, hundred percent. Yeah, right. and he's he's done that. So I'm I'm kind of confused as to why he's not doing it with Josh Rosen and why that's not happening. I hope he can turn it around and show. Hey, I'm, I'm, I still got it. But there's questions there. It's up in the air. 
Um, I, I want to see Larry. He'll, he comes back. He's he's set to make upwards of sixteen million this year, which is kind of a lot for. I think I think it's high for what his production's been. Exactly, years. and that's my thing. I think that's way too much. I would just let him. I would have let him walk, but I mean, maybe that's just me. Um, now back with the coaching carousel, the Jets did hire the former Dolphins offensive coordinator Dal Loggins as uh, their new offensive coordinator. Um, this is actually I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with it considering the head coaching situation over there. Yeah, at, so so Adam Gates gets the guy he's comfortable with. Yep, and and I still stand by Adam Gates did a good job in Dolphins just wasn't given the talent to do the job. Bingo. That's that's kind of what what I think it is. And now I I think they're going they're going to a rebuilding team. They're going to build the team as they want it to be built. And and you're going to see um you know Adam Gates be successful over there as long as he can get uh, uh, that that team moving. They've got a nice new quarterback, right? I mean, they they, they do have a nice new new shiny quarterback over there. So the hope is that um, they'll be able to get it done with the Jets. Now taking his place over in uh, Miami is going to be Patrick Graham, the assistant coach of the Green Bay Packers. Now former assistant coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he'll be taking over as the offensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. So uh, we we got a move and uh, we got a, a change there. So uh, that's that's kind of an exciting thing. Um, I, you know, I I, I don't I, I kind of believe in it in the idea of taking an assistant coach, especially for a high powered Packers offense, and making him the offensive coordinator of your squad. Same time. Uh, I, I want to see what his track record is. I want to see what he was actually doing with the Packers. Um, there's a few questions there I have, especially with a, a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill that they've got over there. Mm-hmm. They might be looking at a quarterback in the draft. There's a lot going on in Miami right now. Um, it might not be a bad thing for uh, uh, for them. Now, um, the, talking about quarterbacks, though. Yeah. Can we talk about Kellen Moore? What about him? So he's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback coach. Uh huh. Are you? How do you feel about that? I mean, Kellen Moore. Here's the thing about Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, I don't think he could have been, uh, I think he could have been a good quarterback in this league. I agree. I think he could have been good. Kellen Moore um, was never really given a real shot. And he in, he got drafted behind Matt Stafford. Yeah. And he, and he sat behind Matt Stafford and never got the shot. But then he got then he went to Dallas and got cut and then put in the practice squad. Yeah. When, and he, he just I, to me he's he's way too good to be on a practice squad. He could have been a good backup in this league. He could have been a starter to me if he if he was developed the right way. There's there's guys out there that. But do you want a guy who's never seen a professional start as your as your quarterback coach? Uh, I mean, it depends. It depends. I mean, like there's there's a lot of players out there that were were crappy players but wound up being great coaches. Am I wrong? You're right. I mean, we've seen it. Who were we just talking about? Who, who just got a uh, quarterback coaching job? Was it uh oh shoot, a long time Cardinal? Um, I think of it later. No, okay. Well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we we got to see. I mean, John Kitna. We got to see Kitna do it. We we. I mean, shoot, Dallas Cowboys have a crappy quarterback as their head coach right now. Am I am I wrong? You're right. I mean, that's what. So I mean, we we see this all the time. Um. It, is it bad? I don't. I don't know that it's bad. Maybe they understand something that that we don't. I mean, it, it has yet to be seen. 
And and it could be helpful to Dak Prescott to have a guy that's that's kind of younger and understands you know the way the league is moving. So uh, there's that. Now uh, another quarterback coach that wound up getting moved. Um, the Raiders quarterback coach Brian uh, Brian Callahan is actually leaving the Raiders for the Bengals offensive coordinator job. So the Bengals have scooped him up for the OC spot. Um, I like this move. Uh, I think I think that over there uh, with with the Raiders, he did a great job with Derek Carr. Oh yeah, and I agree. 100%. And, and and this this could be a good situation for Andy Dalton. He could change a few things over there and and make Andy Dalton, you know, a. Uh, uh, a much more effective quarterback. Andy Dalton is two years removed from that huge season he had. I mean, we, we got to remember Andy Dalton was one of the most red-hot quarterbacks in the league at one point. For a long time, yes, he was. And I think Andy Dalton can still be a, a, a very good quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. They, they need to get him a few more pieces. They need to get him some O-line. But, I mean, Andy Dalton can be good, and people crap on this guy all the time. I like Andy Dalton. Um, people need to be, be giving him a little more uh, love there. Also, the Bengals are currently interested in Jack Del Rio as their defensive coordinator. I really hope not because the Bengals, because Jack Del Rio is a great DC. Yep. Well, and and the Bengals. Well, you hope not because you're the you're the Ravens fan around here. But exactly, Jack Del Rio rolls in. I think Jack Del Rio would be fantastic for this team. Oh no! In general, yeah, he'd be fan. He'd be a fantastic addition to this team. I just don't want him to go there because I don't want the Bengals to be doing do anything next year. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Now, one place he could go, he could wind up with the Kansas City Chiefs as they fire defensive coordinator Bob Sutton. Not surprised. No, uh, they had a horrible, horrible defense this year. Thirty first, thirty first defense. Um, they. It was just bad. They they had, and it was weird because they actually have good players. You see, who they're looking at no Rex Ryan. Oh, Rexy, which would Re- be very good. Rexy would be good for that. That could make this team very dangerous. Yes, Rex Ryan is a monster when it comes to defenses. So I mean, actually, the Ryan brothers, both of them are very good when it comes to defenses. Yes. So I mean, I terrible head coach. Terrible head coaches. Yeah, I mean, and they're very defensive minded as head coaches they're very run happy head coaches but defensive head coaches becoming defensive coordinators never a bad thing rex ryan always had a top 10 defense when he was with the mm-hmm. jets um, the ravens yep yeah, he he's always been good so i like rex ryan and i like this uh, this option for the the chiefs there um the cowboys did fire their offensive coordinator scott linehan the former detroit lion head coach um i'm I, not sure i agree with that i'm surprised I'm the surprised. second half of the year, they turned it on. The second, well, especially after that Amari Cooper trade, you got the guy, the the pieces, and next thing you know, I mean, big things are happening. I'm confused by this, to be it honest. It tells me they have somebody in mind. Yeah, I, I, I think they do. I, I, to me, this guy was doing a great job for them. He he had some rough years, you know, with Dak for the last two years, but this year they turned it up and they did a really great job getting him into the playoffs. I mean. Playoffs. And playoffs. Um, Amari Cooper stepped it up. Dak Prescott stepped it up. Ezekiel Elliott stepped it up. And in the O-line there has always been good as well. So I, I don't know necessarily that this was a smart move by the Cowboys. It just sounds like there was some dissension in the ranks over there to me. I, I'm with you on that. I, I it just It's kind of a head-scratcher. Yeah, it's just a confusing one. I, I, I don't get it. Um, the Titans, on the other hand, they decided to promote from within. They uh, promote their tight end coach, Arthur Smith, to the offensive coordinator job. I actually like this move. Um, with all the, the success that the tight ends have had with, with the Tennessee Titans, um, I mean, think about it. Yeah, just I mean, injury yeah. bugs kind of gone around for them, not, not with... Uh... Yeah, the injury bug did go around, but their tight ends have always been successful over there. Yeah. And and that's been a, a common theme when it comes to the Tennessee Titans. They always have a, a very successful tight end in that in that system. 
Now he's going to come up and he's going to be the offensive coordinator. I mean, that's a big jump for a tight ends coach to be an offensive coordinator. But of all the, the things that have gone on with that team, the tight ends have never been in question, right? I mean, they've, they've never been oh, for sure. You know anything that, that anybody had to worry about. So, eh, I, I, I kind of agree with this. I want to see what he can do with a full offense. Um, we'll, we'll see how those, those tight ends actually um, wind up being used uh, in his offensive scheme. So that, that could be uh, kind of interesting. We, we could see a lot of it. Um, now, a few player situations here that, that we ran into. Uh, Steelers have started their contract talks with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, but then now, suddenly, the tune has changed regarding Antonio Brown. Um, they're, they're open to Antonio Brown returning, and, and it, it seems to, to me that, that you're probably going to see Antonio Brown running around in Steelers uniform next year. I, I can see it. Yep. And I mean, but I, I can't blame them for wanting to take a look at it. I mean, it's yeah. Antonio Brown. Yep. If you can make it work, you make it work. I've been saying for weeks since this whole fiasco began. I've been saying for weeks that I believed that Antonio Brown was going to be a Steeler and that they're not going to trade this man and take a $20 million cap hit. Way too much money. To it's take. way too much money on a cap hit. So what I said was, Antonio Brown, he's going to stick around with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers aren't going to deal him. That's just not going to happen. People kept calling me crazy. I kept seeing all these reports. And the next thing you know, we're talking about, hey, well, maybe we'll bring him back. I kind of like him. And he's, he, Okay. So I'm not crazy. We'll just throw that out there, and that I was. No, you're not, not going to take a hit, a guy that that's, you're going to pay the same amount of money if he's on your team or not. Bingo. I mean, that's that's the big thing. I'm not going to play that, pay that guy money to play against me. Exactly. I'm just not. It's stupid. It makes no sense. So I'm I'm not going to take that twenty million dollar cap hit. They're going to keep him around. I think anyway. I think this this thing continues, and I think Antonio Brown and then they're they're going to come together. They're going to come together. The Steelers and Antonio Brown. You know that he's a diva, but he's going to come around. Now, one guy that's not going to come around is uh, Deshaun Jackson. He's unlikely to remain with the Buccaneers after this offseason, uh, or after this season, rather. Um, it's kind of a hit to them. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson's a big play guy. He's not huge. He's still fast, even, even now that he's getting older. Um, still fast, good hands, still a big playmaker, still good on the kick returns. Uh, a lot of guys, I mean, the old man still can juice it, man. He can jet. People have trouble keeping up with him. Uh, knows how to identify blown coverages. He makes good plays. I think he deserves to be in a, a system that is a little more complimentary to him. Would you agree with that? I mean, yeah, uh, he needs to go to a team that can uh, they can give him the, give him that deep ball. Yeah, that's a big thing. And maybe a return to Washington Redskins with Joe Flacco going there. Yeah, Joe Flacco may be going there. We might we might see that. Uh, Flacco is, has been linked to a couple um, of teams now in Denver point. as well. Yeah. I, I think. Uh, I think uh, Flacco and Jackson could do good things. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, Denver would would be possibly a good landing spot for Deshaun. So, um, and if if Ravens can't keep John Brown, which I believe they're going to try to resign him, mm-hmm. I think Deshaun Jackson would be a good replacement there. They should sign John Brown. He's he's a damn good receiver, and he played really well for them this year. Um, now, uh, a guy that actually does not want to return to his team uh, and and has requested his release. Uh, is the Steelers' Morgan Burnett, the former Green Bay Packer. He has requested his release from the Steelers before free agency, main reason being he wants to just start searching for a team right away. Um, Teams at that point would be able to sign him before the free agency period. Um, You know, he wants to be basically released before the the new league year. It kind of says a lot about 
what's going on in for the uh, morale in Pittsburgh? Yeah, there's there's a lot of issues there. Um, Bell don't want to be there. Brown don't want to be there. Now their safety don't want to be there. Yeah, what's going on? Morgan Burnett's a good player. He's a, he's a, he's a good safety. Um, he's still got a lot of tread on the tires. I think he's 28. Um, guy's got good hands. He played really well over in, in Green Bay when, when the Steelers signed him. We, I, I remember you and I talking, saying it was a big loss for, for the pack. Um, Morgan Burnett's a good player. He's a very, very good player. I'm, I'm surprised that, that he, uh, doesn't want to be there at the same time. You know, like, like you said, the, the morale in Pittsburgh right now is not the best in the world. It's just not. Not even close. And, and, and there's, there's a lot of problems over there. A little too much baby mama drama, I think. And, they just don't want it. Now, um, a guy that wants to go somewhere is Jacoby Brissett. He he says, and, and, and quote, and I quote, he wants to be a starter, and he feels he can be a starter. Do you think um, he can be? I think I, I don't think so. I think Jacoby Brissett, he, he had a, a decent run in a very favorable system with uh, uh, the Patriots. I don't think he was that good with the Colts um, the, the few times that he did start. I just I don't buy Jacoby Brissett. I, I to me there's one place he can go. What was that? And and here's the kicker here, and it's Denver. Really? So hear, hear me out. I think Brissett could be a better quarterback than Case Keenum. It's could. possible, but with Foles and Flacco out there, you're not gonna go to Brissett. Yep. And Foles That's and Flacco right choice. now, you know, one of these teams is stupidly gonna overpay. For Foles and Flacco. Well, that's the thing is Flacco's likely going to be traded. Yeah, Flacco so, will be traded. So you're going to get him on whatever his deal is. Foles is going to be a uh, – someone's going to be giving him like a six-year deal on some massive deal. Yeah, somebody's going to give him too much money. Fla- Flacco is the, is the less risk because uh, you yeah. can take him in, you can, you, can, you can dump him if you need to. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Nick Foles, uh, somebody's going to offer him some stupid contract. They're going to be stuck with him. Um, I just don't buy the Nick Foles bandwagon. Bridgewater's another one. Uh, with those three out there, I, I don't think uh, Brissett could could realistically be uh, given g- given any attention. Right, and the Saints have talked about resigning uh, Teddy Bridgewater, even in spite of the the bad Week 17 showing that he had. So I mean, it could be a possibility. Now, um, speaking of Philly and and all that stuff going on with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Joe Santaliquido. I hate this name, Santaliquido. Quito, I think that, that that's is that what it is? Santa Liquido? I'm not going um, to I, I tried. Anyways, he slams Carson Wentz uh, on an article uh, today saying that he has a dependence on Zach Ertz and creates friction within the offense after Doug Peterson said that Carson Wentz is the Philly QB moving forward. Um, and, and a lot of the Philly players came to Carson Wentz's defense. Um, I think... It, you know, Zach Ertz, he, he did have a career high in receptions this year, 116. I mean, he had a career yep. high. Um, but let's also face the facts that uh, Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Nick Foles. By far. Period. My, my only issue with Wentz is the injury bug. Yeah. And so for, for somebody to sit there and, and you know, I, I'm, I've been saying it for weeks. I am so sick and tired of people trying to make a case for Nick Foles as the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Foles is not a good quarterback. Get it through your thick skulls. He's not a good quarterback. Quit talking about the guy. There's a reason why Eagles are getting ready to trade him. Yeah. Or let him go because they know they don't need him. He's going to go to another team. He's going to crap the bed. He's going to be garbage. He's overrated. I'm, I'm tired of hearing all this stuff about quote-unquote big wang Nick. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about... <laughs> About, you know, 
uh, all this other nonsense about about Nick Foles being a, a god and all oh, Nick Foles won he won four games. He's not the first quarterback to go out there and win four in a row. He's not. I'm sorry. I, I don't understand. And they weren't even tough games. That's the thing that gets me about it. The, you know, like if Brady he, won four in one season. Yeah. I mean like Well, four in a row four times in one season. Yeah. He did. I mean, look at look at the teams he took on in that four-game stretch that he had this year, and it just drives me nuts. It does. The four games that he beat, it was like, okay. You the beat, best one's Houston, who was on their decline. You, you beat the Rams with their ailing defense, right? You, you go out and you beat them, and then he doesn't even put up a good performance. He didn't. He, he played like crap. He had 270 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. And and people are like, oh yeah, he was a, a great player. He did so well. Two hundred and seventy yards, no touchdowns and a pick, no keep to leave on the field, crappy defense. Yeah, they're in the Super Bowl, but their defense wasn't the reason. For God's sakes. And then he goes out, the only one I can give him credit for is the Texans game, which which I mean they were like you said, they were on the decline. And then you look at the Redskins game, they go twenty-four to nothing against the Skins, right? 24 yep. nothing against the Skins with Josh Johnson as the Redskins quarterback. Exactly. The third string guy. And then we're wondering why. And then they only managed to put up 24 on him with DJ Swearinger already off the team. And then they go in and they play like absolute dog crap against the the, the uh, Chicago the Bears. Bears and, and win. And, and if Cody Parkey made the field goal, we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. Mm-hmm. If Cody Parkey went into... To, to Soldier Field and slam that field goal right through the uprights, nobody would be saying a friggin' thing about Nick Foles. Nobody would. But everybody's got to sit there and be stretching their denim all about Nick Foles. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Send the guy packing. He's not worth the money. I'm tired of hearing about him. He's going to go somewhere, and I can't wait. I can't wait to watch the same thing I watched Case Keenum do this year when he leaves and he craps the bed at whatever crap house team decides to overpay or, or that not, schmuck. Or what's his name that just went, that went to Houston and he did really well in Denver? Uh, who was it? What was his name? Oh, Brock Osweiler. Osweiler. It's, it's, yeah, it's like Osweiler. that's exactly what you're going to see. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And for the people that are crapping on Carson Wentz, be mad at him for being hurt all the time. That's fine. He got hurt two seasons in a row. That's kind of like, oh boy, are we going to see the next second coming of Sam Bradford? Then at the same time, you know what? Nick Foles what isn't that good. He had one good year where he took his team to the playoffs, and then he got replaced by Sam Bradford because he was trash. Yeah. Am I wrong? He had the one good year in, in Philly, and then uh, he had the bad year afterwards. Yes. Went to, well, there was, it was Sam Bradford for Foles' trade, mm-hmm. which is apparently one of the biggest trades ever. I'm, I'm doing air quotes here. Yes. Um, and he went to Rams and did absolute awful. Awful over there. And then, he, and then he goes crawling back to his former team and sits as a backup. Yep, and then he says, oh, well, they, they, it brought me back into the game. I was thinking about retiring. I wish you had. So that way people wouldn't be talking about you and your nonsense. You got hot for four games. whoopity doo I don't care. I don't care. He did the same thing last year. He got hot for four games. And everybody said, oh, this guy should be a starter. I don't care. He's not a starter. He's no, not. He's not. And he's not going to be worth the 20 to 25, 30 million, whatever the hell. Be, it's going to be like 28. It's going to be some ridiculous number, and I can't wait. I'm going to laugh. We're going to get on this podcast, and I'm going to laugh at whatever team signs him to that egregious, obnoxious, horrible contract that they're going to give him. 
because they're going to be stuck with it. And I'm going to go, ha, you're dumb. And then at the end of the day, when he goes and he craps the bet at that team, I'm going to get on here and talk to all those Philly fans that are saying, oh, keep Nick Foles around. I'm going to say, ha, you're dumb too. God, I'm so tired of Nick Foles. <laughs> anyway, going on to more quarterback stuff. I'm going to try and cool down here. Cam Newton undergoes surgery for his injured shoulder. Um, we, we were unsure whether or not Cam Newton is going to uh, uh, require surgery. He had an arthroscopic surgery on it. Um, they're saying he should be ready for training camp, but it's still kind of up in the air at this point in time. Um, that's a big blow to Carolina. If, if he's not ready for training camp. Oh, yeah. If, if, if he can't go, they're in trouble. Yeah. Carolina, um, and and for, for whatever reason, Carolina just couldn't get anything going. they got to get the guy some weapons over there. Um, they also got to get him some protection because he just kept getting belted. Um, Cam is, is obviously a big dude. He's huge, mm-hmm. Cam Newton is. But at the same time, that's going to be a big blow to the Carolina Panthers. Um, and uh, last but not least, uh, Weddle... Your your boy Eric Weddle says if the Ravens move on from him, he's going to continue to play. Kind of a change of the tune there. Slight change of tune. <clears throat> he that, said he was going to retire if the Ravens moved on. That from tells me that the Ravens are leaning more towards walking away. Yep. Um, I can't blame Weddle for wanting to keep playing. I think Weddle's a great player still. Um, but this still screams how much his loyalty. Yeah. Um, I I, I Weddle's a great player. I'd love to keep him. I'd like to see him stay. But at thirty four. I think he will have to take a pay cut to stay. Yeah, yeah, I could see it at, at his age. I mean, he, he especially did get, with the with the depth that Ravens have at corner. Yep, they could easily move Jimmy Smith at safety. They have to do it. Yeah, Jimmy Smith is slowing down a little bit, but I think Jimmy Smith's got to take a pay cut too, either this year or next year. It's possible. Now, now Eric Weddle, um, still a great safety in this league, going to continue being a great safety. And in he'll, this league. he'll he'll have a landing spot. He already got his big payout, really. For for a veteran player, basically, mm-hmm. I mean, he already got his his a few big contracts here, so he already got his big payout. He's a really wealthy guy now. He's expected so, to make nine point five this year. Yeah, so I mean, if if Eric Weddle does make a contract, uh, uh, take take a pay cut with the the Ravens and does a contract restructure, you could see him as a Baltimore Raven this year, and it wouldn't be a bad choice if they can restructure him for about four or five million dollars less. Could be a big yep. thing. Now, um, we were talking about the referees earlier. We were talking about the referees and how bad they've been. Um, the discussion has arisen, and John Elway came out uh, this week, said, uh, I don't know, it's a bad idea. There has been talk, and, and the league is going to talk about um, the possibility of replays, uh, of penalties, and, and possibly, which, which I agree with here, challenging penalties. Okay. I do not think that every penalty should be eligible. No. 15 yards or more. I don't think every penalty should be eligible for a replay. Here's, here's my thing. I think if there was a bad penalty on a play, and, and um, you know, I, I mean, just a really bad one. I mean, we, we, for example, if we got to see that, that uh, uh, roughing the passer penalty against the Chiefs, right, you should be throwing that red flag. You should be allowed to throw that red flag. Yeah. Because it wasn't I mean. a penalty. 15 yard <coughs> penalties or more. And or, all your unnecessary roughnesses, all your PIs, all your all your roughing the passers. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think any coach is going to sit there and, and do it for a hold. You know, I don't think they're going to do that because because those are all legit because they they could call that in any play. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to do it for a hold or for a, a false start or anything of that sort. But but there are occasions where because where, they're going to they're do it for only obvious ones that they that they know they can win because right. at the end of the day 
um, coaches have that incentive to get their, their challenges correct to get a third one. Yes. So, I mean, realistically, I think it's a good idea to have challenges uh, available for penalties. I think you should you should uh, definitely make that a, a possibility. Um, and and I, I think, we, you know, it, I mean, pass interference can happen a lot of different places at less than 15 yards. I mean, it can be mm-hmm. a 10-yard penalty, really. It I mean, can be. You know, but... it doesn't happen often, but it can be. So that could be a thing. Yeah, mostly because it, it can't be pass interference if the ball is still in the quarterback's hands at that point right. it's holding. Right. At that point it becomes defensive holding. Now, uh, but a pass interference call, you know, it's an automatic first down. If something gives you an automatic first down, which there are defensive holding, five-yard penalty, automatic first down, um, if that type of thing goes on, then then I think if it's an automatic first down, it gives you a renewal of downs. And if it's an obvious one that shouldn't be called, I think you should be allowed to throw that, that flag. And, and, and I agree. But in the terms of getting us close to that point, how, why don't you start it off with the trial? Run, remember, we had the trial run of the uh, extra point rule. Yep. Um, they did it for preseason. They liked it, so they kept it. Do a trial run of challenging fifteen yard penalties or more. Mm-hmm. Do a trial run because if if you try to go full fledged, hey, we're challenging all penalties now. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to get voted for. No. No, um, no, no, no. But if you do a trial run, hey, we're going to do it for the big penalties only, so 15 yards or more, mm-hmm. you'll probably get some buy-in saying, okay, we'll, we'll try it. Yeah. We'll try it in preseason, see how it goes, and then and then you make it a rule. And then the next year, okay, that one actually went really well. We actually were able to get some good calls, and it, and it worked out. Well, now we'll make it 10 yards or more. 10 yards and first and first down type penalties. Or right. More. And, and that could be a good, uh, a good stepping stone. They, they've got to do something about it. The refereeing was so bad this playoffs. It's been horrible. Um, we've been talking about it for weeks. Bad ball spots, bad penalties, bad uh, uh, missed calls. I mean, everything under the sun. Now those ball spots, though. Like horrible. The, the one against uh, the Chiefs in the Patriots' favor, correct? Yep. That was the that was a bad one. That was a bad one. It was two yards back. Honestly, that's that's because ball spots are challengeable. Yeah. And the fact that um the Chiefs did not challenge that one is shame on the coaching. Yeah, shame on them. Uh, the, the the ball spots have been bad though. I mean, watch during the the Chargers Patriots game. We got to watch one. It was a uh the the runner went down at the one yard line and they moved it back to the three. And we we're like, well, wait, now, what? What needs to be changed on the ball spotting? Because the, the the and this is where I I um I, I disagree the way that works. So if uh the, if uh you get if you get the ball to the three, so it should be third and one, and they place it at the four, mm. so now it's third and two. The only way and and you challenge it, the the only way it's it's uh, deemed a one challenge is if it moves the chains. Yeah, yeah. So you could say, yep, um, they moved, they put it at the four, and it's a, yep, we were, we were wrong. It's actually at the three, but you're still inches short. The way, the way the rule is, you've lost the challenge, and that that could, and be that a shouldn't be the case. Yeah. If the ball moves in your favor, you've won the challenge, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, that's because third and three is different than third and one. I agree with that. Um, so that rule needs to be changed. Um, if if you challenge the spot of the ball, and this and 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 the spot of the ball moves. Any way in your favor, you've won the challenge. You said, "Hey, the, this is, should have been up a little bit more." Right, is what you're saying. Right, and it was. You won the challenge. I don't if, even if they say, "Oh, you went from six inches to one inch from a first down." If it's moved you closer to first down, you've won. Yep. You shouldn't lose your challenge, even though you moved it closer. It shouldn't matter if 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 it, if it didn't cross that the plane. You're giving yourself a better opportunity for a third and short or a fourth and short. Yeah. 
And I also think we should we should start discussing things about about referee fines for for not doing their job. Hundred percent. You know, the, we 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 had a, a referee earlier this year get fired, and here's the kicker about this: we had a referee earlier this year get fired for uh, a missed false start, and it was a bad missed false start. Well, that referee got fired for it. Now we have this situation with the the Saints game, three times worse. Yeah, and it was I mean a huge implication in that game. And how many yards that penalty have been? Twenty. <clears throat> that yeah, that would have been a twenty-yard penalty, a fifteen, twenty-yard penalty. They would have been on the the opposing team's five, I believe. Um, it might have been twenty-five. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was really bad. And uh, you know, I don't like the Saints, but they, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you they got hosed on the call. Um, was it the only thing that that caused them, you know, grief in that situation? No, I think I think the the interception and the long field goal at the end. I mean. Hey, that that type of stuff happens. Yeah. Um, so I see Brett, you're about to go into the next segment here. I want to end something. We're talking about the Saints and Rams. Yeah. Uh, did Did you see the article about uh, the uh, special assistant um, coach that Sean McVay has? No. He has a, he has a, a rep, he has a not a ref a, a coach dedicated to keeping him from from walking into the field and keeping out of the referee's way. <laughs> well, you know what? I was seeing a little report about it, but I was kind of confused what it was. There's a guy that literally follows him around. Like, like watch any game. Like, they show, I, there's a whole big video on it. Like, you watch, there's a guy that's got, he's got his hands, like, inches from his waist, just going... <laughs> and then the referee starts walking, he goes like this. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Like, Sean like can't toddler. keep out of the way. He's like a toddler. Oh, like top. Like, like to- oh, yeah, a toddler. Yeah, that's what he's I was like saying. To- I was gonna say Tomlin. No, no, no Tomlin too. Yeah, Tomlin. Um, no, he's like a toddler. Church man. players, but yeah, he he just he's like all right, and he's gonna hold his hand next. He's gonna oh maybe they should put him on one of those baby leashes. Be <laughs> <laughs> outstanding. Um, so now uh, we were we were I mentioned earlier we were talking about Daniel Jeremiah's draft board. Uh, we we did get the so last week we had Mike Mayock. He came out with uh, mock draft one um, and, and, you know, ESPN trying to get people to, to buy their content and things. I'm sorry, ESPN. I love your site, but at the same time, it's a mock draft. I'm not about to lose my mind about it. If you want to keep it as, as a world secret, that's more or less on you. But, uh, Daniel Jeremiah did come out with his on NFL.com. We got to see that. Um, and I, I wanted to go through that and, and kind of assess some of the, the, uh, uh, stuff that, that, um, he had thrown out there. In his one through thirty-two mock drafts are, are my favorite. As I said um, uh, last week, I'm going to be going through and doing all two fifty-six, which is going to be super exciting, super fun, um, and I'm, I'm hopefully everybody's going to enjoy it as much as I do because I love mock drafts. And uh, I'm it's going to Tyler said it's going to be a shit show, but I don't think it's going to be a shit show. He's over here like annoyed with it, and I'm like, no, no, man, I'm going to do the whole thing. We're going to be like I said, posting it on the. Uh, the um, uh, official Outside Blitz page. We're gonna we're gonna get up there. It'll be up there before the draft. I usually have to wait a little bit um, before I start doing these things. So I'm gonna start doing it a few, uh, probably about a week before, because I am doing all 256. But I'm gonna be working very hard on that in the next uh, couple of months. And I've I've always wanted to do the whole 256. So I'm kind of excited to do a, a 256. You're a dummy. Draft. What do you mean I'm a dummy? It's too much, and the and the Browns are gonna screw it up. Uh, the Browns. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Browns <laughs> always screwed up. It's always the Browns. The last three years, it's been the Browns. It's been driving me crazy. Now, um, well, the Ravens did a little bit this year. But... A little bit, yeah, but not not as much as the Browns have. The Browns have traded up and traded down so many the, times. The Browns that... have done it early early in the in in the draft when you're supposed to get all yours right. Yes, later in the first round, they they begin to get a little sketchy. Yeah, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, but I mean, realistically, I mean, for the Browns to do that, it was like, really, come on, man! Like, I'm trying to get these these picks right, and you're killing me here. I'm just gonna reach through and and uh, we we did actually uh, kind of a funny thing about the Browns. We we did have a. Uh, a story unfold earlier today about how at some point in time the Browns had uh, pornography on their their screens in their stadium for uh, upwards of 20 minutes. It's uh, a long time. It's a long time. Apparently my understanding is that they had a, a guy, before the, the, the IT guy wound up pulling the plug on it, uh, my understanding is that they had looked up, they were trying to get the hashtag, it was, it was for, supposed to stand for dog pound. But what they got wound up getting was hashtag DP, and it pulled up a lot of you know what. So we we apparently they had a lot of um, DP porn up there uh, for everybody to watch um, for upwards of twenty minutes. And and my understanding and and a scathing article came out about how it's uh, kind of how Haslam has it kind of like a it's anarchy and and just a, a whole crap show over there is is what my understanding is. Um, very entertaining article. I, I would suggest people read it. They had the author of the article on ESPN earlier today, um, just raving and ranting about about how it's just just anarchy. It's it's just insanity. Um, but anyway, back on topic here. Daniel Daniel Jeremiah um, did come out with his uh, his big board. We want to run down those picks, kind of kind of see what we think of them. Um, so, uh, here goes that, uh, pick number one. I mean, I'm looking at it. It's kind of obvious. Nick Bosa, he's coming uh, off the yeah, edge. Yeah, that, that's, that's going to happen. Is, it, either, is either Nick Bosa or a trade? Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I would hope that if the Arizona Cardinals were going to be smart about it, they were going to, they were going to trade down. Um, Bosa is a great pass rusher. I mean, we, we know this, we've known this for a while. Um, he would be opposite of Chandler Jones. I, I agree with that. At the same time, you know, if the Cardinals don't trade down, they have to take Bosa. If they do trade down, whatever team trades up gets Bosa. No matter what, I think Bosa's going number one. 100%. Now, now number two, they have Rashawn Gary um, off the edge. I think this is really, really, really high for Rashawn Gary. Um, it, oh, a little bit, but it, it's also a need. I mean, the, the Sanford has a lot of needs, too, though. Sanford, so. I mean, in their front seven, they do. Um, and the, the I mean, big, receivers need two, but you're, you're, that's not where you're going this early in the draft. No, not in this one anyway. I mean, Rashad Gary, I, I picking him at two, I think is a little nuts. I could see, I could see a linebacker for them. They they do need linebackers a lot more than they need a, a an, an edge rusher uh, or a defensive tackle. I mean, that's that's kind of he's an edge. He he, he has the ability to play on the edge. He's also a, a, primarily a defensive tackle. Um, he's the number three defensive tackle listed in in the draft. Um, so, I mean, he's saying that they're going to draft and play him on the edge. I think that's crazy talk. I don't think they're going to do that. Number, number, number three, the Jets, they say they're, they're going to take Josh Allen as an edge rusher as well. Um, and I'm good with that. I, um, and just have a look at their note here. Uh, he, he's going to be uh, too tempting to pass up. I think that's exactly it. Yeah, I, I, he, he's going to be great. Um, I, I think he play. see, this is another issue where, where I, I don't think he's necessarily a scheme fit for them. And and uh, having a, a guy with his skill set as an edge rusher to me is is crazy. I, I think he's he's um, he's good at rushing the passer, but he also makes plays in coverage, and that's the big thing. So having him as solely an edge rusher, I think that's 
it's a bit much. I, I don't necessarily buy it. Um, number four, Quinn and Williams for the Raiders. Uh, they need pass rushers. Yeah, they have a lot of holes. <laughs> this is one of them. I, I, I'm good Defensive with that. tackle. Um, it, it's smart on one end. On the other end, you know, if they're going to run the scheme that they're going to run, I, I would almost think that, that they would need to go for an inside linebacker, one that can rush the passer. Um, but I don't necessarily mind this. Um, Quinn and Williams is an Alabama guy. Not not a bad choice. Um, number five, Josh Jacobs. Disagree. Yeah. I, I, so this would this would be higher than Elliott went. Yeah. This would be higher than Barkley went. And I think he's nowhere near either of those two guys. The, the Bucks taking Josh Jacobs. I mean, this guy, he says, oh, well, Jamie Jeremiah is saying the Bucks didn't see their return on their investment in Ronald Jones. And I agree. I agree with that. Ronald Jones has not been great. But Josh Jacobs is not going to is going to be the same mold. Yeah, he's, the he's same, not going to be any good. He's the same kind of guy. He's same. He's a big. He's a bulldozing kind of rusher. But are you going to scoop him at number five? Is he really going to be you know the next face of your it's franchise? Way too high. Guy? Absolutely not. When you, you draft a number one guy, a first round guy, I mean these guys have so many different needs in their secondary, particularly. Uh, I the Bucks have have way too many needs. A guy like Greedy Williams would be good for them here. I I just I don't agree with this at all. Uh, Number six, New York takes Dwayne Haskins. Nope. Um, nope. I don't. Nope. I don't think nope. they're going with. Him. I don't. I do not like Haskins. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think uh, honestly, I think he's a bust. I think he's a bust. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And and uh, it, they say he lacks ideal mobility, but he's a pocket passer. He's not necessarily a pocket passer per se. And I think people have gotten this wrong idea. You know, the guy had a great uh, uh, passing game against the University of Michigan. But I think people have kind of had the wool pulled over their eyes regarding Dwayne Haskins and what he's capable of because of that one big game against Michigan. Um, so I mean, I don't, I don't think, uh, uh, I think people are a little too big on Dwayne Haskins based on one game. Um, he he didn't look that good this year. He didn't look that good to me. I don't, I just don't buy I, it. I'm with you. So there's that uh, number seven. The Jags take Jeffrey Simmons at defensive See, tackle. I don't like this one because I think Jeffrey Simmons can go to Oakland. You, Earlier, you think I so? Think, I think Jeffrey Simmons is the best defensive tackle in the draft. He's he's a very good defensive tackle. Um, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting uh, uh, pick, considering the fact that they just traded away such a high powered pass rusher in Fowler. Um, yep. and and Fowler, you know, they they've got to go and get an edge rusher. There's more out there. I'm I'm kind of interested to see where there's where he's headed with this. Um. He said teams are buzzing about this talent. Yeah, well, that's great. And he is saying that he could see Jeffrey Simmons go earlier than this. Um, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think that the the Jags buy uh, Jeffrey Simmons. Um, now, eight, <laughs> it's This is not going to happen, but it's, it's, it's hilarious because of everything that's happened. It's funny because of the track record. It's funny because I mean, it, it does it technically fill one of their spots? Technically, yes. yes. <laughs> technically, yes. But with who's available? With who's available? Particularly right here. Yep. We'll get there. Um, I I don't think this is gonna happen. Yeah. It's, it, so at number eight, the, the <laughs> not at eight overall. No. The number eight, the Lions take T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end. Um, he said this might be a little early for Hawkinson. You think? Um, he fits the physical identity the Lions have been attempting to build. You know, they, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good tight end. But there are other tight ends out there that are better than him. Oh, and, I, I, no! I think he's the best tight end in the draft. I don't know, but I don't know. not I, right I, now. I buy a little more into Noah Fant than I do T.J. Hawkinson now, um, or, or even Irv Smith uh, than I do Hawkinson. But Hawkinson comes out out of Iowa. Um, I, I think this is. Far too early for him, and I think this is just this would be a bad pick for the Lions. The, the fans would riot. Mm -hmm. We would we would have yes, another would. we would have another Detroit fire. 
That's that's what it would be. The, the Detroit fans would set the city on fire, and and they would it would be like 1968 all over again. That's what it would be. <laughs> so um, there's that. Uh, number nine, the Jawan Taylor goes to from Florida. He goes to the Buffalo Bills. Protect your young quarterback. I'm I'm for this. I'm I'm all about it. Um, they their defense was very good this year. Uh, they they need to protect the quarterback. I like it. I think it's smart. Um, he he's a, a a good tackle. He knows how to play tackle. He knows how to play guard. Um, he's a good run blocker. Um, he knows how to be a pass protector. Uh, you gotta like this pick. I think it's smart, and they can use him anywhere on their line. Uh, so that'll be good for for Josh Allen. Um, pick number ten, Devin White finally goes to. The, I think he goes sooner. I, I think he goes way sooner than this. Um, he's a modern linebacker. He can run cover and blitz. I agree with everything that he just said there. However, I don't think he's going at 10 to Denver, but, uh, yeah, if he does fall that far, somebody better take him because I'm going to, um, if they don't, I'm going to say, what are you smoking? And can I have some, um, <laughs> number 11 goes to Cody Ford, uh, offensive tackle. To the, I'm, going, uh, I'm good with that. Going to the Bengals. I mean, Bengals have a lot of, fit, a lot of holes to fill. This is one of them. Dalton needs some help. That's a big thing. They need some help. The Bengals have have a lot of, um, you know, Dalton needs some protection. Really, uh, they got a lot of holes in that offensive line. They need to upgrade it a little bit. Uh, he can play inside and outside. I like that. I think this is a smart decision for him. Um, number twelve, Clellan Farrell, the edge rusher, um, and and they they're calling him an edge here. Uh, he's more a, a pure defensive end than anything else, but they're calling him an edge rusher. Um, Packers do need some edge rush. Uh, they, I, I think that they they could build in their secondary a little more because their secondary is just abysmal. Um, they have a decent front front four, um, so I'm kind of surprised that they would take an edge rusher at this particular time, especially with Greedy Williams floating around on the board. Someone like DeAndre Baker also floating around on the board. Kind of interesting that you that you're seeing that, um, but it it could you know it could be good. Uh, number 13, Daniel Jones, the quarterback out of no. Duke, going to no. the Finns. There's no quarterback in this draft that's going to be any good. No, I, you know, I don't necessarily think that there's no quarterback that's going to be any good. Um, Kyler Murray could wind up being good. Drew Locke could wind up being good. I think Jake Locker's going to be better than every, every quarterback in this draft. <laughs> they, they say that Daniel Jones is actually a, an incredible quarterback, and they're saying that he could, he could uh, be the quarterback of the future here. Um, I think this is a bit of a reach for Daniel Jones. I think he's more of a set more honestly, I think he's a big reach. I think he's a second round guy. But um Daniel Jones going to the Miami Dolphins, um from uh, Daniel Jones from Duke, and he's from Duke, so they're not taking on anybody really incredible either. Um so I don't necessarily buy this. Uh you know, I could see it with Tannehill going out the door, but there's other quarterbacks like Kyler Murray out there that that they could be going with. So I'm I'm kinda like eh. Number 14, a bit of a slide, actually, and, and I can see this because the Atlanta Falcons need it. Ed Oliver, the defensive tackle out of Houston. If they don't draft defense, 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 I'll be severely disappointed. Yeah, they have one of the most high-powered offenses in the league. They need defensive tackles. They need defensive ends. They need linebackers. Um, they need help up front. Ed Oliver is amazing. He's the second-ranked uh, defensive tackle in this thing. Um, I, I honestly, I'm surprised that he had him fall this far. I think he's a better fit up top in, in that number two pick than anything else. But I digress. I think at Oliver, um, great selection for the Atlanta Falcons at that point. Uh, number 15, the first receiver off the board, Marquise Brown, goes to the Washington Redskins. I don't like him as the, as the, as the number one receiver off the board. I don't like him as the number one receiver. I agree with you. Um, I mean, I, I like them taking receiver, assuming they take care of the quarterback situation. Being, yeah. Being Foles or Flacco or whatever. Yep. Um, but... Not 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 Marquise Brown. 
Yeah, they they uh, it's tempting. That's the thing, and I, I think that's the big thing. You see a Marquise Brown hanging around, um, even with, with DK Metcalf, some of these guys hanging out on the field. Uh, A.J. Brown is still available. Um, I think Brown's a better receiver. I do. I, I think um, uh, uh, Metcalf could be a better receiver. He's He's got some, some uh, stuff he needs to build on, but Metcalf could be a better receiver. Um, but I, I think this is a bit of a reach for them. I think they can find a good receiver in the second round and not have to worry about it. They also need to address some issues in their secondary, so they got to make a move there. Um, this one's kind of a fall right here, number 16. Carolina takes Greedy Williams. I like the pick. It's a huge fall for, for Greedy Williams. Um, you know, he, he's been hit or miss. Uh, in his, he's only a sophomore. He was hit or miss in his sophomore year. Um, out of LSU, I think Greedy is much better than than uh, the way he played. I think he'll get a lot better. Uh, they they need help in Carolina, but at the end of the day, Greedy falling this far, I don't see it. I think a lot of people are wanting Greedy Williams. Uh, a lot of fans in Detroit are and wanting. And if he does fall, I think I think Carolina goes for it because you know what, he's so good. We're gonna go best available. In this oh one. yeah, Greedy to me, Greedy Williams, he's not falling more than eight. He's not going lower than eight this year. Because Greedy Williams is is such a need for teams up top. Um, I think he can fall to eight. Uh, but there are teams up top that need a corner, and he's the number one corner in this draft. So, I mean, that's just where it's at. Uh, number 17, Andre Dillard, the offensive tackle out Love of it. Cleveland. Love it. Protect your quarterback. Protect, yep. your, protect, your, protect your future. Baker Mayfield proved us both wrong in last year's draft. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the best rookie quarterback last season. Yep. Um. Better than even better than even a lot of the uh, veteran quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um. Protect your QB. This is a good pick. This is a good pick. I I agree with it. Um. To an extent. Uh. You know they 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 do need to build on there and and there's not a lot of linemen that are going to be going in the first round so it it might be a little bit of a reach. Same time. You know you do get uh, a good uh, pass protector for for Baker Mayfield. So it, it kind of is smart. Um. Number eighteen, Jonah Williams, the guard. No brainer. Um, and the, the the line has been the one of the weakest points of this Vikings offense. Here's the kicker about the Vikings here, and and it, in guard is is the way they've got to go if they're going to draft if they're going to draft O line. Guard is is what they need. Um, here's the problem: Jonah Williams is an offensive tackle. So I mean, if you move him inside, generally, you know, offensive tackles, you move him inside to guard, they turn out really well, right? Yep. Um, but here's the problem. The Vikings have a need at defensive tackle. They have a need at outside linebacker. They have a need for those positions. So if you have a need at defensive tackle at outside linebacker and possibly potentially corner, then why are you going to pick the offensive guard that could be a second round guy? Why are you going to reach on him? I he will he he will not be there in the second round. He will he will be gone by the end of the first round if they don't take him here. I I don't I don't know that, and that's the thing. I I see a guy like like a Montez Sweat hanging but around. But the problem, the, my problem is is uh the O line is a far far larger need than defense. In a, in a sense, yeah. I mean they they think about the linebackers they have right now. Ben Gideon, who, and you got Eric Hendricks. But who's Kend- your line? And and then on your line, I mean, they need linemen. I agree with you. They 110 percent. They need linemen. But this, I think, Jonah Williams is a guy that you, that'll drop. And I think he will drop. I think he's going to drop out of the first round. I think there's a reach. Uh, I think he drops in the second round. Now, I can they wait on the linebacker situation? I think so. I think guys like Devin Bush and Montez Sweat. Devin Bush, I think, is going to fall in the second round. 
Uh, a lot of people are saying he's going first round. I think he falls to the second round. I see Jer Daniel Jeremiah has him going two picks later to, to the Steelers. To me, you can get a linebacker in the second round, but that defensive tackle situation should be calling your name. Unless you're going to sign Sheldon Richardson, which I don't know that they are, they need to focus in on, on you know getting those spots filled as well. Now, number 19, Tennessee has DK Metcalf, the wide receiver. I kind of like this. I kind of like it, but I don't like it with A.J. Brown being on the board. Yeah, I don't like it with A.J. Brown being on the board. Um, I think they they have a few more needs um, kind of on their, their O-line, really. Their O-line's not the best in the world. They have a few needs in the secondary as well. Um, number 20, Devin Bush goes to the Steelers, like I said. Uh, he's great. I, don't think, I think this is a, a huge shoot up for him. Uh, I, he's a second-round guy. He's an early second rounder, I think. Um, I don't think he's a first round guy, not especially not a pick twenty. That's that's crazy talk. Uh, Montez Sweat is the better of the two, um, and they've got him going to pick later to Seattle, which uh, they they do need. They do need Montez Sweat. Um, Seattle, they're, they're so uh, they need a complimentary guy to Frank Clark. He says that that's good, um, and so. Do you do you think Montez Sweat goes to Seattle at this point in time? I mean, it, it's possible. And here's the kicker: they're they're calling him a defensive end. Montez Sweat's a linebacker, so they're going to use him as a as a defensive end. See, that's the thing. I I don't like this this switcheroo stuff. If a guy plays a position, you should get him for that position. If he's good at that position, quit using him as an edge rusher. For God's sakes, make him an outside linebacker like he is. It's it's just insanity. It's fair. Um. Baltimore Ravens, they get Nasser Adderley, which is a reach. I, don't, I disagree this wholeheartedly. <coughs> a huge reach. Um, for what Adderley, I, I believe, is going to be, I think you just keep Weddle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, to, me, to me, that's not even one of the top three needs for the team. That's not even one um, of the top three safeties on the board. Um, need one. Um, Suggs isn't going to be here forever. Yep. But and Suggs is still great, but Judon is not Suggs. No. When Suggs goes, you need someone to help complement that. You you need an edge rusher. Yeah, they they gotta um, get an edge rusher. They gotta get a and guy. and you need to get um Mosley some help in the center because we run the three four. Yep. So you need two strong middle linebackers. Yep. There's... Thirdly, you need you need to eat, eat, well third and fourth. Thirdly, the O line still need some help. So if uh. If Jonah Williams drops from your Vikings, I'd like to see the Ravens take Jonah Williams here. Yeah, especially when your when your when your best and Pro Bowl uh, guard and um, Marshall Yanda is going to retire soon. Yep, I don't think Nasser Adderley is is. No, he's not on my radar. Yeah, he he's not even a guy I'd be considering. Yeah. And at, and at twenty two, if uh, AJ Brown is still on the board, I'm sorry, you take him. You 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 get a uh, Lamar Jackson who who's going to need some help and some uh, support in the pass game. Yep, you get him someone who, who can who can get some. Some some rack. I agree. I agree. So to me, it's to, biggest. I mean, Jonah Williams, AJ Brown, or a middle linebacker, mm -hmm. or or edge rusher. I mean, that's your four. And Teddy's not not even. Am I? What in my top five? Yeah, he's he's not even one of the top ranked safety. Uh, I, I I do not like. I do not agree with this pick. Yeah. Uh, number twenty three, DeAndre Baker goes uh, the corner to the Houston Texans. Um, I kind of like it. I, I'm kind of okay. I'm okay with it. Um, is he great? Eh, questionable. Um, they do need a corner over there. They need a good competitive corner. I, I agree with you. I kind of agree with that, and he can do any scheme. Uh, Jalen Ferguson, the defensive end from uh, – and, and this is a pick that uh, the Raiders wound up getting in one of their, their uh, trades here. The Raiders get Jalen Ferguson, the defensive end. This is smart. This is, this is where, where you're at. He's, he's a big, powerful guy off the edge. He's, he's an edge rusher, good, solid defensive end. Uh, he comes in uh, from Louisiana Tech. 
I think that's exactly what they need over there. That we need a good pass rusher. <laughs> so that's no, what they're going to get. I, I I can dig it. I can dig it. Yeah. I, I agree with this one. I agree with it. Uh, Christian Wilkins Wilkins from Clemens, uh, Clemson. Jeez, I can't talk now. Christian Wilkins from Clemson, the defensive tackle. He'll go to the Eagles in pick twenty five. It's a good pick for twenty five. It's a good pick. Here, you know, he could be a, a good combo guy with old Fletcher Cox there. So I mean, it it could be a nice one two punch. Depends though. It depends on on how they they decide to run their defense. Um, number 26, Jonathan Abram, the safety from uh, uh, Mississippi State, winds up going to Indianapolis. Um, it, it, it's not a reach. I say, I'll say i say that it's not a reach. I think he's a first-round guy. Um, if Ravens have to draft a safety, I'd rather Abram over yeah. uh, What's his name? I, th- I think he's a late first-round guy, maybe yeah, an early I mean, second-round guy. He's going, right, he's going about where he should, he yeah, should go. Yeah, uh, the, the Colts, they, they do need a safety, so it's kind of a smart move. I, I kind of agree with this. Um, 27, Trayvon Mullen, the corner out of, uh, out of Clemson here. So the Raiders address three spots that they need help at, but at the same time, they don't address, you know, some of the larger factors that they need help at, like wide receiver in the first round. And I kind of get, I can see. And A.J. Brown's still here. He's still on the board. Okay, this is where I disagree with, uh, Jeremiah. There's no way A.J. Brown falls out the first round. I mean, are are we serious right now? It's what it's looking like right now. Now, uh, Trayvon Mullen goes to the, the Raiders. Then you got Mac Wilson, the linebacker. Now, and, and suddenly... I, I'm okay with um, them drafting no receiver and going pure defense if uh, all three of those receivers we've talked about are off the board. Yeah. Because the, the Raiders' defense does need a lot of work. Yes. So I'm okay with the three picks they got, but not with A.J. Brown on the board. Yeah. Now, 28, Mac Wilson... People have been talking about Mac Wilson. He's been getting better and better and better and better and better um, as the more people talk about him. And so suddenly he's become this, this big name out of nowhere. Nobody's been talking about Mac Wilson. Um, and then suddenly Mac Wilson falls magically into the first round of the Chargers. Um, they need to get better at the linebacker's position, and I agree with that. That's one of their biggest weaknesses this year. The problem I have with this is that I don't think Mac Wilson's a first-round guy. I don't think he is. I think he's a second-round guy. So I'm kind of questioning. I, I think this is a big reach. I think he's a mid-second-round guy. I don't even think he's early second-round. He's from Alabama. What did he do? And I think that's what a lot of people see. <laughs> you know, oh, SEC is the Alabama guy. You know what? Who cares? Can the guy play ball? And and really, I don't think he's a first-round guy. Now, 29, Byron Murphy, the corner. Um, I you know, and and it does he does make a very good point. The Chiefs are set on offense, but they need playmakers in the back end of their defense. I agree with it. Eric Berry's good, but who else do they have? How much? Exactly. Byron Murphy, I like the move. Now, number 30, this one's kind of interesting. I disagree with it. I disagree with it? Um, Noah Fant's going to be a great tight end. This is Green Bay Packers number 30 here. Yep. But Rodgers does not utilize his tight end. No. Nope. To me, it's a waste of a pick. That's a waste of a pick. Uh, Jimmy, They're saying, well, Jimmy Graham isn't the long-term answer in the position. Well, neither is Noah Fant right now. Noah Fant is going to be a guy that that should be going elsewhere. Um, the Packers have so many other issues on their team, particularly in their secondary. I doubt they're going to reach on a tight end. And and Noah Fant, frankly, should be going way earlier in this draft. The way Browns. earlier. Yeah, the Browns could use Noah Fant. Um, you know, well, they have Njoku over there. I mean, there's there's quite it's a Noah Fant should be going earlier in this draft, though. He should. I, I don't I and he's the number one to me, he's the number one tight end in this. Uh, number 31, Kyler Murray, the quarterback, uh, finally goes off the board. They're saying he's the future of the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think Kyler Murray is a scrambling type of quarterback. He's not the type of quarterback that that uh, is a, a pocket passer. 
Um, I think they let their future go. Yeah, I think they did. I think Jimmy Garoppolo was the future, and they they let him walk. Jimmy Garoppolo is in for some tough years over there in San Francisco. Uh, realistically, is Kyler Murray the future? Eh, debatable. Eh, well, maybe. I don't know. And then last but not least, number 32, the Rams take Dexter Lawrence. So Brown does fall out of the first round. Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle out of Clemson. He winds up going to the Rams. Uh, they need to replace Dominican Sue. He's set to become a free agent. Assuming that they don't re-sign him. Which yeah. I assume is going to cost him a little too much this year. So he did yeah. have a good year. He, he had a very good year, and he's going to be very pricey to anybody that grabs him. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, you know, um, yeah, I, I kind of I can agree with this. I think it's a good cap saver. I think if you're not taking defensive front seven, if, if you have a need at defensive front seven in this draft and you're not taking defensive front seven in the first round, there's a problem because the defensive front seven in this draft in the first round is so good. And and all these guys are are top notch players. You almost have to take it. Uh, I, I this is another spot I could I could see AJ Brown going. What number thirty two to the Rams in particular? It's possible. Robert they, they, Woods. They have him. they have decent receivers, but none of them are like all stars. Well, well, Woods Cup Woods Cook and Cup are are a good a good three. Yes, you know, tandem but there. none of those guys are Julio Jones. I don't or think they're Brown. I don't think they're Julio Jones, but I mean, I I could, I, I think they're satisfied with Cooper Cup. That's the thing. And Cooper Cup, if he's healthy, Cooper Cup's the man. But a, a, a AJ Brown caliber receiver on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you could. It's it's possible. And Cooks he, is going out the door more than likely. Yeah, he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. It's possible for him to go there. Now uh, we're going to take a quick break, uh, Tyler. And uh, when we get back, no, no. First of all, I got to ask you, how much do you agree with Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft? I think it's it's hogwash. Yeah, it's I, I don't agree with it at all. Uh, I think there's it's, a lot it's, of uh, a lot of reaches, a lot of uh, people falling. I, I, I don't think like it's it. Balderdash. That's what it is. I'm going to use old old man words. Balderdash. Now. Balderdash and hogwash. <laughs> um, so there's that. Now, uh, when we get back, we're going to talk. We're going to go into Tyler's top ten. We're going to do Freight Down's Forgotten Five. Um, and that's uh, about it. And that that'll be it for for our uh, for our Pro Bowl week, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're going to end it on some Super Bowl talk here. But next week will be a big uh, Super Bowl going. Like we, yep. we talked the draft this week because it's Pro Bowl week. No one gives a shit. No, no. I got to <laughs> congratulate you. I got to congratulate you because you did beat me. Yes, I did. You, you did. You did. You did. You you cemented it. Uh, yeah, uh, you did. Uh, you cemented it. Both my guys, both my teams lost. Uh, both yours won. So you cemented it home. Uh, Tyler is the official champion of the uh, the the predictions this year for year one. Yay! Go Tyler. Boo. Um, I'm just jealous. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little jelly. But anyway, so uh, Tyler is the winner for that. Um, are we going to do Super Bowl prediction this week? Is that the plan? We'll do it next week. We're going to do it next week? Get, get, get through the week. Get through all the press conference bullshit. Yeah, you know how yeah, that goes. Yeah. We'll do it during next week's. Uh, I'm only here because I don't want to get fined. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, we'll be right back um, and with uh, Tyler's Top 10, Freight Town's Forgotten 5, right here on the outside Blitz. Intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours, with the rates ranging from $55 to $130. You get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 
888-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back, everybody, to the Outside Blitz. Uh, Tyler, not paying attention again. <laughs> I took over the introduction. Welcome to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous Scotty Freytown, along with... Uh, Tyler Dean. The torrid Tyler Dean. Now, uh, Tyler, it's our final segment of the show. I uh, hope you're ready for that, Mr. Not Paying Attention. You got your list? I didn't know you hit the button. You, what? I, I hit it. I hit you it real loud. You I went. Tell I, you hit the button. I held my hand up in the air like I was a cartoon <laughs> character and went. You're, like, you're, 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 you're hitting the button all in private. You're just going. No, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I, I literally stood there like, like you know, those memes of, of Donald Trump slapping the, the wall button. And, and that that's what it looked like. Nope, don't buy it. Oh, okay. Well, anyhow. Um, Tyler, it's uh, that time for your favorite segment. Uh, we're going to get into that. So uh, without any further ado, here is... Tyler's Top Ten! Tyler's Top Ten! Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's that time. Um, and we got, we're good for Pro Bowl, well, kind of Super Bowl week. It's for Super Bowl, right? We're doing Yeah. I, yep. And like I warned you last week, this is going to be, I'm, I'm going to make it a little difficult for, for us, mostly you, but us. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's, here's my thing. So, so early in the day, you you sent me your your list, okay, mm-hmm. and and you sent me the list of the the, the biggest list of low hanging fruit that you could have ever sent me in this whole situation. I had to dig after that because well, here's the thing. Well, first you like normally we do Tyler's top ten, we do Freytown's Forgotten Five or Forgetful Five, and I have five guys that I got to pick from, and that's that, you know, and that's that's all we're looking at. And and uh, I got five guys to pick, and and I get that done pr- relatively easy. In this case, okay, not only are we down to two teams, okay, so we're down to to two teams here, but we're also down to um, uh, you you picked not just ten guys, you picked ten from each of the Super Bowl teams in this situation. Yes. This week we're starting with the AFC. Next week will be the NFC. So this okay. week will be the Patriots. Next week will be the Rams. Okay, but yes. So after your forgotten five, we would have uh, addressed fifteen players from each team yes. next week. Yes, keeping in mind that starters go to twenty-two. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. I I did I did manage to to uh, uh, find players that I felt were impact players, and I I have good reasons for all of them being impact players. Now, uh, uh, but it was I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was easy. Oh, I'm it, sure it's it not easy. When, you, when I was putting my list, I'm like, Scott's gonna have a rough oh, time I, with I, this one. Yeah, and I kind of did, but then, but then I, I really started looking. There, oh, I was like, oh yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, that guy. And there, started, there were a couple of places when I, I, I kind of let you have it. Though, like, yeah. I, I picked a couple people in my top ten. Like, it's like, ah, uh, I'm gonna go with this one to give Scott an extra one here. Yeah. Um, 
Now, uh, so so uh, Tyler's top ten here. Tyler, um, it is time for for uh, we're going to be doing the New England Patriots today. Yes, next so, will be the Rams. Your top ten players for the New England Patriots, the impact players, impact for the players for the Super Bowl. Oh man, this is so, a good one. So this is based on one game performances, basically. Really, predicting. really, we're getting a, a double week whammy here for the Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, which is kind of cool. We're going to get a double week whammy, and and we kind of get a two week whammy for for the show in general. For Super Bowl time, absolutely. So the, the Pro Bowl kind of helps give us that. And <clears throat> yeah. So so uh, and uh, you know, f the Pro Bowl. Screw the Pro Bowl. Nobody cares. <laughs> That's kind of where we're at. Nobody cares. <clears throat> no, nobody cares. So, uh, but that's that's uh, kind of where we're at. So, Tyler's top ten for the Patriots. Tyler, hit me. Number ten, Stefan Gaskowski, one of the best kickers in the league. Stefan? Did you just call him Stefan? Stefan. It's Steven. Stefan Gaskowski. He's not Urkel. Stefan. <laughs> Stefan. Stefan. Oh, Stefan's even better. <laughs> Stefan Gaskowski. <laughs> Uh, Steve Goskowski is one of the best kickers in the league. Yes, and he has and, been for a long, long time. And as proven in many weeks, um, all Brady's got to do in a game time situation is just get to the give him, give him a 50, 50 some yard attempt, and yep. Goskowski's likely to make it. He's he's put away a lot of games for Brady, um, including playoff games. Um, he he's managed to do a lot of a lot of great stuff, and and Goskowski's going to play a big role. We remember Tom Brady's big win over the Rams there. Was a field goal from Adam Vinatieri, correct? Yep. So we know that we know how kickers play a role in these Super Bowl games, especially for Tom Brady at the last minute. Goskowski could be that guy. We could see that. Number nine, Dante Hightower. Despite this defense not being fantastic, they have a few pieces that have, that that can get the job done here. But they're going to have to play very pivotal roles to uh, slow down. The Rams' offense for a long time, Hightower has been a, a special piece on that that defense. Absolutely, and and he's been a very important piece. Um, and and you know that Bill Belichick just loves the guy. He's going to be around for a couple more years, I think. I, I, I he's a, he's a big part of that defense. Uh, knows how to read a play really well. Knows how to chase down running backs really well. Gotta like Hightower. I'm I'm digging that. Number eight, Patrick Chung. Another piece of that that front seven there. He's uh, he's he's a the good he's wily, a good linebacker. Wily veteran. Man. Yes, the wily veteran. Um, good tackler. Good in coverage. Uh, he likes to cause a lot of problems for receivers. We got to see that against the uh, the Chiefs. He actually covered Tyreek Hill pretty well on a couple of occasions, which I thought was interesting. Um, Chung's great. He's great. Uh, good good coverage guy. Great uh, great in reading runs as well, um, especially outside runs. He's he's very very good at making tackles in space. So uh, I. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it, Patrick Chung. <laughs> Number seven, and really the heart and soul of that defense, in my opinion, is Devin McCourty. Yeah, yeah, uh, big piece there. And um, back when the when the Patriots had a decent defense, he was he was there. Then the, um, he's 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 great. He's he's great for that secondary. Yeah, he he came alive. Um, and and it's been really nice to see. McCourty is going to be probably. Lined up across from Robert Woods, who is who is technically considered, and I'm surprised it's not Cooks, but Robert Woods is considered wide receiver one. Yes. So he'll be lined up with Robert Woods. He'll have to shut down Robert Woods. Um, I think he's capable, but it's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Uh, Woods is a good receiver. He's kind of got a second lease on life here in in with the Rams. But let's see if if McCourty can keep up with him. Uh, it could be rough. McCourty yeah. is starting to get up there. Yes. Yes, he is. Number six, James White, been a big piece of this offense. We were talking about change of pace guys and like your like Camaras and Gurleys. Mm-hmm. James White's another one of those guys who can do 
do both roles and has all year. Now, they, they used to have a, a guy as a change of pace guy, and if he was healthy, he'd still be here, and that's Shane Vereen. Um, and, and Shane Vereen just could never stay healthy with the Patriots, and they just kind of let him walk. Uh, James White is kind of the same same type of player. James White's Vereen. better than Vereen. He's the same type of player as Vereen, but he's healthier, and and he's I think he's a little bit faster than Shane Vereen, and and that's that made a, a world of difference. Yeah, Vereen is a bigger guy, so he's a little more agile. But um, mm-hmm. James White's a, is a lot better in the pass game. Yes, uh, and and James White he's got he's got great hands. He he makes plays uh, uh, for Tom Brady all the time. I mean, one game he had 15 passes in the divisional round. I mean that's that's great. Fifteen receptions, so he he's very pivotal to pivotal to Tom Brady's success, um, and I, I believe that he's going to be one of the biggest impact players of this uh, this uh, Super Bowl here. Number five, Chris Hogan doesn't get a lot of credit. Doesn't get a lot of credit. Whenever Julian Edelman gets double teamed, Chris Hogan burns you. Hogan is. Um, a strange entity. He's so hit or miss. He doesn't get a ton of receptions, but when he does get a reception, it's a big yardage reception. He, he's new. Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Welker. He's new. Welker. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he he's and and really Hogan showed for a while that when Edelman was out, Hogan could step up and. Be oh yeah, he, he played in that number one. So that that makes him better than Welker. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he's very very good at what he does. Um, he's a good number two. He's a good complement to Edelman. Uh, he. He makes, like I said, he'll get like three catches, but then it'll be for like fifty-five yards. I mean, like yeah. he'll he'll get a couple catches, but they're good for long stuff. So I mean, we we've seen that before uh, out of Hogan, and he keeps doing it. He did it this year in the playoffs. He's extended some drives. He's in in gotten in the end zone a couple of times too. So I mean, you gotta like Hogan. I I agree with that. He's gonna be uh, he's one of Tom Brady's favorite targets too. So it's a big one. And. Going to my number four, um, the reason Chris Hogan hasn't had to truly be a number one mm-hmm. when Edelman's out is because they have a very good tight end. Yeah. And while he's had a very rough season, he's he's slowing down. Um, the playoffs have proven that Gronk is playing hard right now. Yes. So I think number four is a very is a very warranted spot for Gronk, for Rob Gronkowski to fall. Gronk is, uh, you are right, he is wearing down. And here's what I, I think. I think Gronk was so overutilized for such a long period of time that Gronk has started to kind of like, he's losing his edge here. You know, Gronk is breaking down. And, and he's and, still young. And he's still, he's 29. I mean, 29, 30 years old. I mean, he's, he's the fact that Gronk is is breaking down already and because he's been used so much. And they were talking about him retiring and all kinds of stuff. I mean, and... and we he wears that huge brace on his arm whenever he plays now. I mean, Gronk has been through the ringer with this football team. Uh when I look at, at Rob Gronkowski, um I, I see a guy that, that has slowed down considerably this the last couple of seasons. This year he's not playing as well as he normally does. Uh I, I think he's about done, to be honest. And it's sad because it's gonna be an early career for him, I think. For but, sure. But he uh he didn't do well in the divisional round. Did very well in the conference round, though. And and we got to see a lot more passes go his way. Uh, he's a big-bodied guy. He plays good ball. I mean, I, I agree with the spot. Um, maybe a little lower. Maybe one one spot lower than James White because I think James White gets a little more targets than he, than he does. But I like the the idea that Gronk is on this list. Absolutely, I think they're gonna they're gonna absolutely try to to get him the ball in the Super Bowl, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you have to you have to get the ball in the hands of your playmaker, and and Gronk notoriously 
has come up with some of the biggest plays in Patriots history. So, and number three is kind of a low spot for him just because, but arguably the hottest player in the entire playoffs, mm-hmm. Sony Michael. Yeah, uh, touchdown machine, man. He put up uh, three and yards. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, multiple hundred yard games, both games back to back in the divisional championship round. Michael's been a huge part of his offense. Sony Michelle Michel has been putting up 120 yards per game just regularly. Uh, he had three touchdowns in the divisional round. I think he had two touchdowns last week. Uh, the, the man's a machine. They, he's a bruiser up the middle, and and you know he's not the fastest guy. That's the thing. Like as a running back, he's not super fast or anything like that. But man, he's got uh, some really great agility. He's got some good fake out moves, but he also knows how to lower that shoulder and plow into a guy. Um, he's come alive, and he's he's been a very good addition for the Patriots. Uh, I I and it was funny that we were laughing at this selection because we didn't think he you know because Darius Geis was still on the board. Well, Darius Geis hasn't squat, but Sony Sony Michelle has. No, you know Sony Michelle has proved that um it um it, it, it doesn't matter they passed on Geis. Michelle's proved that he is the starting running back in this league. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, had it not been for an, another freak of nature running back like uh <clears throat> Barkley coming into the into the league this year. Michael would have easily been the number one running back. Oh yeah, definitely, no doubt. And uh, Michelle, like I said, I, he's gonna like you said, he's gonna be a huge impact player. Um, I believe that he's gonna be just a monster going into this whole thing. Number two, um, the number one uh, number one guy there is in the receiving <clears throat> game for New England. Easy choice of this high up. It's Julian Edelman. He's been so good and proving people were wrong. A lot of people didn't think he had the capability of being number one type guy. And and as people started to leave New England, he proved people wrong. Here's the thing about Julian Edelman. <clears throat> Julian Edelman, I I don't I think he's developed into a number one guy. It's taken a lot longer for him to develop into a number one guy uh, than it would normally take. You, you got to remember, Julian Edelman was like, well, like a no fourth round guy, fifth round guy, and and he was just kind of an underneath kind of passing guy. He, he took kind of sort of took the place of Welker for a little while there, <clears throat> and then he became the number one. Because of people leaving, he kind of became the number one by proxy. And has Edelman been great throughout his career? Has he been incredible? Uh, eh, it's debatable. He's a little injury prone. But this playoffs, I watched Julian Edelman fight for yards harder than a lot of like the big name running backs in this league. He gets hit, and after contact, he's putting three, four, five yards on the field. And I don't under like it's incredible to me. This playoff, and he's doing this stuff with with no arrogance. The man is straight-faced. He's all business. He goes out there, he catches a ball in the flat or catches the ball over the middle, and he just, I mean, just pounds into the corner. I mean, he is showing that he is actually a very physical receiver as opposed to just being kind of like a a possession receiver. So for him to to be putting up the rack yards he is based on the amount of, of just beatings he's putting on people. I, I guess that's the best way to put it. It's kind of cool. I like Julian Edelman. He gets open a lot. Tom Brady's favorite target. Gotta love him. 100%. You, you, you hit the nail right in the head there. Now, number one. For the Patriots. <sighs> Referee John Perry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, what do you think of the Patriots offense? Um, despite all the uh, scandals we've talked about and stuff, I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna take away too much. And Tom Brady's still a very, very, very good quarterback, despite everything. He he's a good quarterback. I, I but you're right. You're right on multiple levels. And number one, he's he's a big impact player for them because of the fact that Tom Brady is a good quarterback. 
But Tom Brady is also the kind of guy who, because of all the scandals, you know, he becomes an impact player because referees love him. The man always gets a call, and, and you know, like, I, and it's like I said, I I hate Tom Brady. Everybody sits there and, and talks about everybody hates a winner. No, no, everybody hates a cheater. That's just what it is. Yes, everybody hates a cheater. Everybody hates a guy that has scandals under him. But I will say, I mean, <clears throat> there are a couple Super Bowls there. The more, most of the more recent ones, Tom Brady. Um, take away he the performed. scandals, he would have a couple Super Bowls. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and no doubt, is he a great quarterback? Yeah, is he the greatest of all time? And eh, debatable. Um, but Tom Brady, uh, yeah, he's going to be the impact player here, uh, the main impact player. The guy holds on to the he gets the ball the most often out of anybody, um, and uh, he's the, he's the it factor for them. Hundred percent. Yep. So um, now it was tough. <laughs> it was tough, but I managed, and I've got some good reasons for it. I like uh, your five here. Yeah, and and I I made I I I was pretty proud of it when I put it together. Um, so, uh, here, without any further ado, here comes Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five. I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah, this, this one's good. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to go kind of a little bit off the beaten path for a couple of these. Um, you know, we talk about uh, a lot of, uh, especially for number five here. Uh, we talk about uh, defensive players a lot, um, but O-linemen don't really get their just due. You're right. And and uh, one guy, number five, is David Andrews, the center. He is the heart and soul of that offensive line for the New England Patriots. Absolutely. Uh, David Andrews, and, and he's got his work cut out for him. you got to think, you've, you've got Indomitian Sue, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, and Dante Fowler all standing uh, on the other side getting ready to just plow through that line. And not done to mention LaMarcus Joyner as well. <clears throat> you got a lot, and we know McVay, I mean, that that's a strong line. Even with them running a 3-4, that's a strong defensive line. Um, and he's going to have to defend Tom Brady. He's going to have to protect Tom Brady from the great Aaron Donald. And and really, an Indominus Sue, who's been having one of the best playoff runs that he's had. Um, and, and, well, it's kind of the only playoff run he's had, but... <laughs> Because <clears throat> of the places he played, but I got, but I digress. A great playoff run for Indomitian Sue, and really Michael Brockers has kind of been an unsung hero as well. Uh, Dante Fowler, they have an embarrassment of riches. People don't don't understand that about the Rams. They have an embarrassment of riches in their front seven. Mm-hmm. And and now David Andrews has the unenviable task of containing it. So um, as the center for for the uh, New England Patriots, he's he's the guy that's got to call the shots. Um, I believe firmly that that he's going to have to if he doesn't keep Brady clean, they're it could in trouble. Be a rough day. Yeah, it'll be a long day for for old Tommy Brady. Now, uh, number four, <clears throat> we know how kick returns have played, and you of all people know how kick returns have played a factor in Super Bowls. We remember Desmond Howard back in '99. We remember your boy Jacoby Jones coming and flying down the field. I mean, we've seen. And granted, they were already wet, well up at that point. Yeah, but still, the factor. Uh, we remember Deion Sanders did the same thing. Well, here's Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson is my number four, uh, the kick returner. I, he's going to play a factor. And he's a long <coughs> way away from uh, his best years as a receiver. Um, yeah. His best game probably being the uh, um, Winter Bowl of Purple. Yeah. Um, yeah that, was, that was a game. And Patterson, um, you know, he's he's 
he dropped a couple of passes in this conference championship game that came his way. He didn't. He only caught one, I think, out of three. I mean, he didn't really have himself an incredible game. But as but a he's kick got returner, legs. as a kick returner, Man, he's quick. Always been dangerous. Always. Is he faster than Tyreek? I don't think he's faster than Tyreek anymore. Back in the day, sure. But we got to remember, Cordero Patterson has been in this league for. I mean, he's pushing thirty now. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. I mean, he's been around for a while. But Cordero Patterson, I think he's a very, very good receiver. Uh, or but he's, a, he, he's an okay receiver. He's an okay. Well, yeah, but he's a very, he's a much better kick returner though. And yes. he's an incredible kick returner. And and uh, Patterson is going to, um, he's going to be bringing that thing down that field. And and they're going to have to stop one of the speediest guys in the NFL. That's what's going to happen. The Rams are going to have to stop him. Uh, if you don't stop Cordero Patterson, you're in trouble. There's going to be, I think he's going to break off a kick. I think he and he hasn't done it all it's playoff. Bold. I think I he hasn't done it all playoff. I think he breaks off a kick and takes one home. So I, I I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty focused on this, on seeing what he does. I hope he doesn't because I'm rooting against the Pats. But <clears throat> I think uh, Patterson winds up taking that one home. Now um, number three, uh, former Detroit Lion Kyle Van Noy. I like Kyle Van Noy. He's one I was put in my, in my top ten. Yeah, he uh, he's performed ridiculously well since coming to uh, uh, New England. He had a kind of a rough go in Detroit, and it wasn't his fault as much as it was the pieces around him. Um, he's a good good linebacker, good linebacker. He plays really well on the inside of the field. He's good in pass protection. He's not the kind of guy that's going to go and blitz your quarterback or anything like that. But he's a good linebacker. Yes. So um, I, I think he's going to play a factor in coverage, especially when it comes to the tight ends. He's very good at covering tight ends. He's fast enough to do it. You're not going to stick him on your number one receiver under no. any circumstances. But over the middle, he could be a factor. He could take away some of those passing lanes from Jared Goff, and and you could see that happen. So Van Noy, um, he'll play a factor, and he does a lot of QB spies. Um, he's a good tackler, too, when it comes to the running backs. So that could play a factor when it comes to Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson. We could see that. So that, that becomes a thing. Um, <clears throat> now my top two... I like these top two a lot. I really like these guys. Um, number two goes to a guy that put up two touchdowns last game. He put up a touchdown in the divisional round, Rex Burkhead. And so the reason I didn't put him in my top ten is he's a weirdly <clears throat> randomly good, if that makes sense. He's he's not he even... goes quiet for weeks and then all yep. of a sudden he blows up one. So I I, I didn't want to put him, I, I didn't so I didn't want to bold predict him as being a big impact player. As I I think like it's it's hit or miss with Rex Burkhead. Here's the thing about Burkhead. Burkhead's good for for Brady for catching out of the backfield. That's one of his his big things. But Burkhead's a power back. Yes. And Burkhead, and, and if Tom Brady gets on the three-yard line, you see Rex Burkhead walking on the field, you know good and well Rex Burkhead's going in the end zone. You know good good and well he's going to try and power it in there. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And he's going to be combating against <clears throat> that against the um, a very stacked Rams defense that just hasn't been performing. But yeah. at their best, Rams defense is scary. Yep, and and Rex Burkhead, I he got in the end zone twice last week, and they were they were both um, just plowing him in there. Really, one one was off the edge, and he still had to plow in there. The other one was right up the gut. Um, Rex Burkhead is a great great player when it comes to those goal line rushes. He's a, just a big nasty mean power back. I like this, and I, I think. I think he's going to play a factor if they, especially if they get into that red zone, if they get deep in that red zone, or if they get into a short yardage situation. Burkhead's going to be the guy. You're absolutely right. And so uh, there's that. And then last but not least, kind of a young guy, uh, Philip Dorsett. <clears throat> I like Dorsett. Dorsett. He's got, he's got a long future. 
He's uh, a young guy. He's got a lot of speed. He's got great hands. The thing about Dorsett is he is a red zone factor. And that's, that's one of the big things about Dorsett. He doesn't get a lot of big, long, deep passes. But if you looked at what Tom Brady did, especially in the conference round, Dorsett had the first touchdown of the day. And, yeah. and he had it right in the corner of the end zone. He had the first touchdown of the day. And, and Brady knows how to utilize him. He's more of a deep threat than anything, but, but red zone-wise. Red zone wise is where he's he gets his bread and butter. That's where he gets his touchdowns. Um, Edelman's that kind of catching traffic guy. Dorsett's your vert guy, and Brady doesn't like using that much. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. But in the red zone, Dorsett is a factor because he's big. He's he, huge. He's, he's a big boy. He's big. He's tall. Um, good at good at making plays like in the corner, reaching up, getting the ball, and that's what Brady uses him for. That's what we've seen Brady use him for. Philip Dorsett's going to be a factor. I think Tom Brady is going to hit him a lot more than we think. Um, and, and we've always seen these kind of unsung heroes come on in the Super Bowl. Jacoby Jones being the, the latest one. Um, I think that that uh, Philip Dorsett's going to wind up in the end zone at some point in this game. It's I, bold. I think he I, is. You're, you're, probably, you're probably right. And, I, and Dorsett's great. <clears throat> but yeah. Pagers do have a plethora of talent, though. It's, they, it's, they do. It goes to show that we get, Got through 15 people, and we're still talking about people who have a lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, so Dorsett, I, th- I think he's going to be, be a big factor. But uh, with that, oh, and real quick, before we get off, we've got some um, breaking news. We do? Yeah. The Chiefs are hiring Steve Spagnolo to replace Sutton as the defensive coordinator I like over this. there. I do like I that like a lot. this. Yeah. We, we got it. It's, it's breaking. Just It kind of popped up on the feed here. Um, so he, it's a good choice. Spagnuolo's good. You could turn him around. Yeah, they good. got they got pieces to build around. <clears throat> that's a that's a good DC right there. I like that a lot. So, um, but anyhow, Tyler, with that, um, we are uh, we're done with episode twenty eight. Yeah, next week's gonna is the is the critical seat bowl mm-hmm. week. So it'll be it'll, it'll be an interesting week of topics, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll we'll see what ta- what happens. We'll see what what we uh, get in some of these. Um, these uh, press conferences and all that other nonsense. You know, Tyler's just being here so he doesn't get fined. <laughs> um and uh, that's gonna be my ongoing joke. Oh, for two Rams weeks. kicker Greg Zerline dealing with the foot strain. Oh yeah, that could be bad. It could be bad, but we'll see. I mean, he's got two weeks. Yeah, he's well, he's got a week and a half now. But I mean, he's got. I mean, it's a foot strain. I mean, we'll we'll see how he feels in a week. I'm sure he's gonna be fine. It's yeah, Greg the leg. Was my kicker? I'd rather be my hand, <laughs> my foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Special thanks to our sponsor at It's Your Time Massage, uh, IYTMassage.com to uh, book your appointments. You can also do it on Facebook uh, at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Uh, man, it's tremendous. Tyler needs to get a massage soon. He hasn't gotten one. He's all stressed out, and he's a jerk. So uh, we, we have that. Yeah, yeah, I went there. Um, <clears throat> so Amanda, killing it over here, and uh, you should uh, definitely get yourself a massage with her. Now, um, Tyler? It's in the books. We're going to go ahead and talk Super Bowl next episode, right? We're going to get into that Super mm-hmm. Bowl stuff. And then, and then, man, it's all that off-season juiciness. Yeah. Probably, all of that. Probably next week, uh, well, the week after Super Bowl will probably be our last uh, consistent every week. Yeah. It we'll, 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 depends we'll, if things happen. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll swing it. We'll, we'll have to take a look at the news and see what we find. But, but we'll probably, in the off-season, we'll probably go to every two weeks. Well, um, it'll probably be every week, right around um, free agent time, yep. and then draft time. And then draft then time. We'll probably do one before free agency, one after free agency, one before draft, and right after draft. Yeah, is what's likely, and then and, we'll see. And free agency now is getting a little more hairy as time goes on because free agents are getting signed two weeks after the fact. So you know, we're we're going to see what we run into, uh, see what we find. 
We will come up with uh, some good stuff for you guys, though. We'll, we'll have some good free agents uh, stories here, and we'll also have some draft stuff for you. So uh, with that, Tyler, let's uh, let's roll on out, man. It's, it's starting Give to give Adam Gase look. It's snowing outside. Yeah, all that, those crazy eyes. Those crazy <laughs> eyes. It's snowing outside. It is snowing Holy outside. crap. So uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you on the outside blitz.